Greetings and salutations, noble listeners, and welcome back to the audio equivalent of sneaking downstairs in the middle of the night and eating the last of the leftover Chinese from the fridge. Something you won't admit to, but it's satisfying in a way that would disappoint your parents. I am the congealed lemon chicken, more politely known as Rooney, and here with me is the cold noodle known as... Reggie, <laughs> I take it you had a Chinese yesterday. No, we didn't Nothing. actually. No, we were very, we've been very good so far this weekend. But uh, yeah, that that came to me uh, last night as I was dozing off. Okay, <laughs> it's quite good. I'm, I'm not happy about being a noodle, but aside from that, cold noodle, quite good. <laughs> How are we this week, anyway? Surprisingly tired. Yeah, me too. We were saying last night that even though we had people over last night, yeah, we were in bed by half past twelve. Really? Oh, so, yeah. we, so when I ditched out at like half 11, people went as well? Yeah, I mean, well, um, the others stuck around until about quarter past 12. Yeah. Um, we were just basically chatting. We didn't play any more games or yeah. that. We were just sat there basically chatting about booze and how stupid we, we were when we were younger. We talk about computers about boring the hell out of Reggie. Yeah, it's typical yeah. because like we, we sat there and we had proper computer geek chat whilst you were there. Mm. Basically, as soon as you left... I came down and we started talking about drinking stories and stuff that we got oh, onto okay. when we were younger. And I was like, yeah, no, Reggie would have fit right into yeah, this conversation. This I can take part in. The <laughs> half an hour on computer spec is not, is not on my uh, my We were saying like, last night after we, Amy and I got to bed and I was like, it's weird because we've had people over and yet for us, this is an early night yeah. for a Saturday. In bed by half twelve. I mean, I was then woken up by a fucking thunderstorm at some ungodly hour this morning because... I didn't hear it. I probably I mean, wouldn't I... have, but... Lando heard it. Yeah, apparently Pops was going mad in the middle of the night, barking her head off, running, <laughs> running around the house. And I just slept for it. Well, Lando woke Amy up, and I think it was because he basically jumped up. He jumps up and paws her yeah. when he wants attention in the night or when he needs to do all that. She took him down. He didn't want to go out. He literally just then went, got her to follow him downstairs. Then he got into his bed and went back to sleep. And I think that was because he we, there was lots of heavy rain. Yeah. Um, and her getting up and faffing about, and the dog faffing about, woke me up. And then, as I was dozing off, I heard the uh, yeah. something flash, and I was like, "Someone just take a picture of me." I'm like, "Yeah," and that's sort of like half awake, yeah. half asleep state. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I heard the thunder. Take a picture of me. I was like, "Is there someone taking a picture of me while in my bedroom?" Because that's creepy. Especially at this point, I could hear Amy snoring next to me. And then I heard the thunder, and I was like, "Oh, that's fine." And then I heard Lana going, <laughs> as he does. I literally I got home about quarter to twelve. I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch match of the day and go to sleep. <laughs> Put it on, fell asleep within five minutes. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you were falling asleep at the table last night yeah. that doesn't surprise me. It's been a it's been a busy week. <laughs> Have they actually got you doing work at work now? Yeah, doing work plus like actually doing stuff in the evenings as well. <laughs> it's, it don't help. Like Wednesday, I went to the cinema. I had the best. It went to the coolest little cinema. <laughs> I had to drive all the way to fucking Chelmsford to do it. <laughs> But, like, you don't buy seats, like cinema seats. We we got a sofa. Oh, nice. I went with my brother. And, we yeah, we just got this sofa. We, there was a, there's a menu that you order your food. <laughs> they bring it out to you. At your, at, That's pretty cool. And you sit there. I had this awesome, like, bacon. Obviously, bacon, Red Leicester, and Harissa burger. Nice. Chips. I was just like, oh, <laughs> cinema doesn't get much better. Than <laughs> yeah. Eating my food, watching the film. <laughs> yeah, it was good, but then I didn't get home until, like, quarter to 12 and then I had to relax and then it was like half half 12 quarter to one by the time I went to sleep and then I was up at six and yeah yeah 
<laughs> this week it's just been catching up with me and catching up with me and then yesterday I was pretty busy and then by about six o'clock and I was like oh, I've got to go to Rooney's I've got to go to Rooney's oh no sleep on the sofa <laughs> like I tried with the coffee but there was no amount of coffee that was going to keep me there's there's a limit there's a limit to what coffee can do yes <laughs> but I, I hear you've had a bad week I hear your uh, your revenue stream has been hit my revenue stream yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what we were talking about before we started yeah, recording. Yes. Finances of, of, uh, yeah, yeah. As of as off. of October, I have to find an alternate um, finance stream because for some bizarre reason, OnlyFans has taken the suicidal approach of literally blocking the people on its platform that make it all the money. <laughs> I, I found an article. <coughs> OnlyFans is banning the one thing most users go to its site for: pornography. The UK-based content subscription service said Thursday it will no longer allow sexually explicit content as of October. OnlyFans said that the decision was taken to comply with requests from its banking and payment providers. In order to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform and continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans, <laughs> we must evolve our content guidelines. Now, how inclusive is it? When you're like, oh, we'll take people doing like that stuff, but 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 not that stuff. You want to get your minge out on camera? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, that's not. Basically, that. what's what's happened is some some old fuddy duddies in the financial sector were you know getting offended at the fact that they were making all this money from OnlyFans and they classed it as smutty money. Oh, okay. So they're, and they're like, right, well, no, if you want to continue using us, you know, have us financially backing you and use our payment services you got to get rid of that smut because we don't want that associated with us. So now OnlyFans are kind of in that ridiculous situation where they're like, well, we need this because we need their financial backing. Um, but I mean, I can imagine at the moment, everyone at OnlyFans is just sending their CV out all over the place because they're like, yeah, this goes down in October. Yeah. This, this will take place in October. So by December, OnlyFans will be in the red and uh, yeah, they'll basically be declaring bankruptcy. Oh, I wonder if they've got any jobs going at Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Places like Patreon, there's, there's Patreon. There's, I saw another one uh, in like the comments under one of the articles I was reading about this. And someone was like, oh, I've already transferred over to such and such. And there's other people going, yeah, me and, and the other people I know using this, we've moved over to this yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow. Because what the fuck else is on OnlyFans? It's like... I, I, I've only ever heard... OnlyFans used in the same sentence as porn. Yeah. I've never ever heard anyone be like, I'm a, I'm a part-time comic book writer. Come and pay me money through OnlyFans. They help me. Exactly. That's what Patreon's for. Yeah. It's just like, I, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. And it's it's yet another blow against um, sex workers. Yeah. Because, you know, as far as we're concerned on this podcast, sex work is work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people were born with the ability to kick a football better than anybody else. Some mm. people were born with the ability to sing. Some people were born with the ability to act, paint, write, rap, whatever. Some people were just born incredibly hot <laughs> for the rest of the world to look at. Yeah. Why not use their, their talent? Yeah, their use skill? use your, your God-given talents to make money. Everyone yeah. else is allowed to do it, but if you're hot, you're not allowed to use Some that. weren't exactly born hot, but they were born with no shame, so they'll go on there and stuff stuff up their ass. <laughs> I, knew like, you really? I knew you <laughs> couldn't just sit with the living at the hot thing. You had to somehow turn it into a jibe. Well, you keep telling me, oh, everything you do is dry, we're meant to be entertaining, so I had to bring a joke. But OnlyFans <laughs> said Thursday it would allow certain posts containing nudity 
so long as they adhere to its acceptable use policy. It's not clear how that will work, <laughs> basically. So they're saying, like, you can still do it, but we're going to have to sign off on it. They're, they're doing a Taliban, basically, because yeah. the Taliban have said, we'll give uh, women rights as those rights are allowed under Sharia law. Yeah. Well, under Sharia law, There's women no don't right. have any yes, rights. Yes. So it's like, they're doing exactly what they're going to say, but they're still going to behead women for whatever they want, you know. Yeah. And OnlyFans is like, yeah, yeah, we'll allow smart, but only the smart we allow. Yeah. And they don't allow smart. So it's like... If you if if anyone's listening to this and you are an OnlyFans, I mean, if you're an OnlyFans who's going to lose their revenue stream because you are making that glorious, glorious smut, uh, reach out to us. If you're if you're one of the the vanishingly small number of OnlyFans users who doesn't doesn't do, doesn't do porn basically, what the fuck are you using it for? Is it successful? And why aren't you and, on Patreon? And why the fuck <laughs> aren't you on Patreon? You know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, reach out to us, let us know because honestly, I am baffled. I went on the the OnlyFans website yesterday. Yeah. Um, because I was like, okay, well, what else do they have on here? The OnlyFans website is fucking useless. You can basically oh, search yeah. for a content creator, sign up. It's like, yeah, but I want to see what you offer because yeah. the only thing people go here for is porn. The only thing I've ever been there for is porn. And then they wanted me to pay. And I was like, fuck off. You've not been on Pornhub, mate. Um, I, um, <laughs> when I first heard of OnlyFans, I was just like, what the hell are people talking about? Because someone dropped it. You know, I don't know where it was on a podcast. Or like, yeah. Someone dropped it into a conversation and I had no idea. So I quickly Googled it. And it was just a website. And it just said OnlyFans. Yeah. And I was just like, there for 10 minutes. Just like, how do I use this website? Yeah. It's, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. I know, I know someone that uses OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I know a couple of people that use OnlyFans. Um, one of them's quite open about it, and she doesn't do the the hardcore smut, yeah. but it's it's all it's all a bit risque. So it's more burlesque. It's yeah, it's that that sort of stuff. Yeah. Than stripping, okay. Um, and it's like, yeah, what, what, why, how did I could I if this person or these people hadn't actually actively shared their links around. There's no way you could find oh, no. them. You have right. to know they're on there and their username to go and find them. If you just search, like you said, you just go to OnlyFans, it's like, okay, well, I'm looking to support content creators yeah. on OnlyFans. What have you got? Oh, you've got literally this blank website that says OnlyFans. Yeah. Well, fuck you, guy. You know, I've got a Patreon yeah. where I can actually search for this shit and it, like, they have highlighted users and recommended ones in different fucking uh, formats and brackets. And it's just like, what is wrong with you? Are you are you so averse to earning money, OnlyFans? I follow a couple of attractive <coughs> women on Instagram purely because they're attractive, and I like to call the odd attractive woman when I'm scrolling. <laughs> when you're scrolling through, just pictures yeah. of me streaming. Yeah. <laughs> Rooney's streaming again. Rooney's a pirate. Rooney's a pirate. Amy read another book. Uh, Lou's being a man. Um, Lou's being a man. Boston be a man. Um, um. Oh, oh, look, there's an attractive redhead in lingerie. I'll just stay here for 30 seconds. Right, move on. <laughs> but what I've noticed is when I first started following them in their stories, it was like, come see more of my OnlyFans. And now it's, come Ooh. see more. You know where, because I'm not allowed to say, because I'll, oh, get, yeah. I'll get kicked off. And yeah. it's just like, oh, my God. Why, like, in a world where you can, you, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry guys, technical issues. He's managed to pull the cable out of his I microphone. Didn't even, I didn't move. Yeah, oh, where, where was I? I'm lost now. Um, yeah, in a world where all it takes is writing seven letters into Google <laughs> to get anything you want. Yeah. How are they still kind of like 
frigid, puerile people in the world. Are they yeah. all like 50, 50 plus bankers well, that are just so like... that's what I thought. We don't want to give people money to take their clothes off. No, 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 no. They must like, you know, rip people off from their money like we do. <laughs> There's, they're, they're, I think there is this puritanical element of them. I, I work with some people like that who, you know, the only time they've ever seen nudies is, is when they procreated and then yeah. they probably kept their socks on. Okay. Um, I like to keep my socks I think the other ones, the other people are, it's a bit like you were saying with the grime scene the other month. Oh, okay. They don't like seeing people doing, they're, they're all into smut. Oh, know, yeah. they, they love but their they porn don't... and they go to their sex dungeons and what have you. But it's like, wait a minute, you're hot and you're making lots of money being hot. Well, I don't like that. So Because I'm not hot. <laughs> well, I'm not hot. I can't. I have to go and become a Tory. I, I mean, I have to go and become a politician. I have to pay for the smut. <laughs> I have I'm to not pay happy. for the smut, damn it. So is it, so what you're basically saying is it's uh, like the middle and the upper classes are like, oh, hang on. The working classes are empowering themselves yep. through this website by just, what? Just literally. They're taking, literally just being hot and people are giving them money for it. They're taking their clothes off and taking pictures and they're making, what, like, hundreds and thousands of pounds no i'm not not having that yeah basically they need to stay where we put them so we can stay up here oh okay and the financial institutions are very much the same because obviously politicians and the heads of banking are basically the same fucking people um and they're like that and they're like no i don't want you making that much money i do not want you empowering yourself because then that detracts from my power you're not me you're not my friends therefore you can't make that money so we're going to stop you and that's what that's what it is i tell you what what when really surprised when me are they is... going to start cracking down on YouTube then? Because oh, YouTube cracks down on itself, mate. Does YouTube it? is so fucking self-policing; it's absolutely absurd. Oh, okay. You can get things demonetized. I've I've never been a big fan of YouTubers. Right. Um, however, Amy has over the last six months become a very big fan of YouTubers. Yeah. Basically, since we discovered Mr. Beast, and we were like, actually, he's not a cunt. And most YouTubers are. So we started watching him, and then it's kind of led on to other things, which is why Amy is currently obsessed with the fucking Sidemen. Um, much to my annoyance. Anyone playing Touching Bingo, you can you can mark Sidemen off. You can mark Sidemen, Sidemen off now. You'll, um, get a, you'll get a full house when he mentions Rope, <laughs> Robot. <laughs> and, um, I'm not mentioning either of those. I don't have that anywhere in my, my discussion library for today's episode. But, well, I've mentioned them both, so full house. So there you go, full house. Um, what the fuck was I saying? You've distracted me now. Sorry. Um, um, Amy's a big oh, the, 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 the YouTubers. Demonetized. Um, and you basically, they, they one of the popular video types on there yeah. is reactions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have, obviously, you've got these, like, um, like Fail Army and Instant Karma videos where, basically, people do stupid things or there's accidents and stuff like that. Uh, I, I only watch people reacting to music videos. Okay, they'll react to anything. They'll yeah, react know, to yeah. people reacting to stuff, and it's... It's like so fucking, um, what's it, Dutch ruddery. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't, like, I used to, I was like, wow, these reaction videos of my friend Raj when I worked where Amy worked was mm. telling me about it. And I was like, I don't really get it. But then one day I was on YouTube and I found someone <clears throat> reacting to music videos. And I was like, wow, they're offering, they're, they're watching a music video, they're offering their opinions, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Now, the, the same two people that I follow... <laughs> that do those like music video reactions basically just like hi everyone yeah we're gonna re- <laughs> react to this this week press play and then they just sit there just like nodding their head just like, nodding their like, head like, yeah that was good and that I'm was... Like, how did you even react you didn't offer me a single fucking opinion <laughs> if i want to listen to the song and vibe i can do that myself <laughs> well they, they don't react to these things and they react to these videos yeah. and i know for a fact that a number of the side men and some of the e-boys 
Because we were watching fucking Will and E before you came out. In fact, that's what we were watching when you knocked on the door. Oh, okay. Um, they've had videos demonetized and got strikes against their account because they are videos which show potentially show children hurting themselves. Oh, okay. So their videos have been demonetized, and it's just like if if you do that, it's demonetized. If you mention a this week's taboo subject, yeah. it's demonetized. If you use something that someone claims is their copyright, it's demonetized, and you can get yeah, the video deleted. And it's just like so half of touching episodes <coughs> would be demonetized. Oh god, like, yeah, we we can't. What did the racists do this week? Unless it's just. Throw scorn oh, on them all. If we had more than half a dozen views on any of our videos, we would probably be getting offensive, yeah. you know, offended emails from YouTube just telling us to go away and use a different platform. Okay. The one, the platform that amazes me, going back to the, the smut thing, yeah. is Twitter. Right. Now, I, I'm a Twitter whore. I am yeah. on there all the fucking time. I manage several accounts for different yeah. groups and what have you. I've never been on Twitter in my life. Exactly. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Now, I discovered... Uh, I think, well, I discovered a few years ago, I looked for something. No, someone messaged me and it was a young lady uh, from America. I, I was posting up pictures of working on my Mando at the time. Yeah. And uh, this young lady, she has a, a mythosaur tattoo on her temple. I don't know what a mythosaur is. Uh, the, 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 the skull thing that Boba Fett has on his armour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has that tattooed on her temple. Um, she's oh, a yeah. massive fan. One of her children is named Anakin. The, uh, basically, the, the whole hog. Um, it's like you if you had some balls. <laughs> it's like me if, if I was if I was a hot blonde yeah. um, in Midwest America. Okay. Um, and then over the course, she kind of we, we I, she followed me. I followed her. We chatted about Mandalorian and Star Wars shit and and what have you. Um, and then she kind of disappeared, and I just assumed it was one of those ones where she'd just gone offline for whatever reason. And she re- came back on, and she it turns out she's a stripper. This sounds like an episode of Catfish. It does, yeah. but she, it turns out she's a stripper. And she po- the stuff that she posts on there is, to say it's not safe for work, yeah. is, is quite something else. And I was like, can they do that? So yeah. then I started Googling around this, and the utter filth, just freely available on, yeah. on Twitter, without an account. I was like, this is, what? And then, obviously, uh, some time ago, when you went through your bad dragon infatuation... Um, when we were trying to get a sponsorship, which we're still waiting for, guys. Yeah, come on, Bad Dragon. You know, reach out to us. Come on, we've done. We've put in the legwork here. Thirty episodes we've mentioned you on now, and this is number thirty-one. Chuck <laughs> us a few pounds, and we'll keep doing it. No one's sick of it yet. <laughs> no one's sick of it yet. Honest. Um, if you search for, I searched for Bad Dragon. I think it, it was on Twitter. Yeah. And it's just, just a constant wall. Yeah. And there's no official Bad Dragon Twitter because that's what I was no. looking for. I wanted to tag them in one of our yeah. posts about the episode. Um, and it's just women stuffing dragon-shaped dildos into their orifice, orifices, orifice eye, into their holes. Orifice. Orifices. Unless Sizz. they got two bad dragons. Well, yeah, I mean, they were going in this one, in those ones. It was just all yeah, over the place. One at a time, so it's orifice. Some of them know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some of them were being gangbanged by dragon dildos. Yeah, um, um, there's like a web magazine that I follow on Instagram called Make and Tank Girl. And it's basically like arty porn. Oh, yeah. But um, if you look in their stories, they're like, come in tomorrow, we've got this video from this person. And they show you like 10 seconds. And then <laughs> at the bottom it says, um, by the way, we post fire on our Twitter. And it's like, okay, so on Twitter you can post the actual yeah. video here. You take a 10 second clip of it where they're showing no nudity. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. 
It's like Insta is all like, no, 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 thank you, nope. Oh, yeah, you can't do a nipple or anything. No, you can't do a nipple. I mean, Twitch is the same, no nips. And it's like, they all they do is just include a link to their Twitter in their bio and say, yeah, this is where the good shit is. And they just go straight yeah. over there. It's just like, but guys, I mean, I can understand with some things like Twitch. They are aiming to be more family friendly, oh, and even uh, though you have the got kids on there watching yeah, people play computer games, you have the you, you can tag your stream as being adult material, and it pops up and says, you know, are you over eighteen? Blah blah blah. But obviously, anyone can click, just click yes, and it may not even be their account, sort of thing. So, I kind of understand that. But at the end of the day, they are robbing themselves of revenue streams. I understand Twitch doesn't want to do that, but Instagram. It's all looking at pictures of people, so why? I don't think Instagram need it, do they? I think Instagram. Well, Facebook on Instagram, so yeah. I suppose they apply the same ridiculous algorithms as they do on, on Facebook. Yeah. So But at least on Facebook I can view my post in chronological order rather than oh, fucking Insta which is just like That was the thing that really annoyed me. I was I was well on the Insta bandwagon. I walked away from Facebook years ago. I was like, I'll just stick to Insta, it's well good. And then until the day where they were like, instead of showing you what people post, <laughs> we're just gonna completely randomise it. So your first picture is from four days ago, the next picture yeah. is from ten minutes and it's like I don't what? Why? I miss so much content yeah, from, from people I follow on there because it's like they post something. Instagram won't show me it because the algorithms decided, no, what you don't want to see this post from this person who you regularly interact yeah, with. You want you want to see this post from someone that uh, follows you Yeah. and they posted it last week. You need to see that at the top of your feed. And I'm like, no, I fucking don't. And you scroll through. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, that looks interesting. And then, like, you look away, you come back, and it's the feed's refreshed, and you will never see that again. Yeah. I, Amy pointed out the other day, I was like, oh, do you see that thing I posted on Insta earlier? And she was like, no. You didn't like my Insta <clears throat> post. You don't love me anymore. Well, no, I was saying, I didn't get a reaction for it, and I was like, she'll like that. She's like, no, I haven't been on Instagram today. I was like, oh, check it out, you'll like it. And she went on there, and she was like, I can't see anything from you. She then went onto my profile, yeah. and still couldn't see it. Oh. Because really? Instagram had just decided that it was going to rearrange my profile as well. It took it off the grid. When I went in there, yeah. like about five minutes later, I was like, well, it's there. Hang on a minute. So I tagged her in it yeah. and then she got a notification and could actually go in and see it. But yeah, it was just like, it's like, no, no, we, we know what your what your followers want to see and yeah. we know what you want. To see. It's like, no, you don't. Fuck it's off. Like, um, it's like when that other social media site that we don't talk about anymore started. What, MySpace? No, I started getting some, um, <laughs> some views and... Everyone was flocking there. It was suddenly like Instagram were like, well, you know, they do short videos. So we now do reels. <laughs> yeah. And like when Instagram went, oh, I tell you what, we'll do stories. 24 hours, it disappears. No one ever sees it again. And you can track who, who, who looks at it. Okay, <laughs> Facebook suddenly is just like, I don't know what they call it on Facebook. What do they call it? I mean, Facebook owns Instagram. I know, but Facebook started doing it. Like the, it launched on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. About six months later, Facebook. I, I think they call it the same thing. It's the stories. stories. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, I, I know Facebook owns everything now, but at the same what time... Twitter did something, uh, was it Fleets or something they called it? Something ridiculous. Yeah. And that's basically what that was. You know, things that were only there for 24 hours. And yeah. um, basically, uh, they, they sacked it off because most Twitter users were like, fuck off, I don't yeah. need this. This is an you Instagram feature. I'll go on Instagram. Exactly. I mean? yeah. And the people that were I using it... Twitter to argue... Be smart and, <laughs> and post about my dinner. I don't need. No, that's what Instagram's for. You go on there to complain to companies because yeah. oh, if you go on there and tag them in a complaint, they are right on it, oh, and on you Instagram, get you. Yeah. Oh, no, on on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, right. you go on there and tag them in it or, or hashtag them, and they will be in contact usually within about twenty minutes. And you're like, and they're like, oh yeah, well, if you send us a DM, 
we can sort this out for you. Send the DM. And they're on it straight away. Because if you're sitting on the phone, they can just ignore you for fucking hours. But you do that, anyone clicking on that hashtag or looking at their account will see. I've done it before. Like when there's been, when we're looking for outages at work, I'll go on Twitter and I'll search for the company. And then I'll look at their ads and replies. And if, if it's just like a flood of people going, this is broken, this is broken. I'm like, yeah, guys, everyone's having this problem. <laughs> I am, um, I may have to get a Twitter account next time I'm trying to talk to Sky and I'm half an hour into their fucking whole music and I'm just like, I just want to know why this isn't working. Oh, yeah. You can't have that many calls that I have to sit here for half an hour. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, you make, Sky must make so much money. Mm-hmm. They're pretty expensive for what they do. So they must be able to put people in call centers to answer phones. But no, it's a minimum half an hour waiting. Yeah, every time. time. And they're always like, we're experiencing high volume of calls. That is one of the things that infuriates me the most oh, in the yeah. world, is when you call a support line, and they say... It doesn't even ring. Did you, did you just We're experiencing a high it? volume of calls. No, and yeah. it's like, hang on a minute. I've called you half a dozen times yeah. in the last month. Yeah. And every or every time I've ever called one of these lines, it says... It's like, well, if you're always experiencing a high yeah. volume of calls, more get more people. Yeah. Get more capacity. Because then that high volume of calls will just be standard volume. It's no yeah. longer high volume. That's the baseline. Yeah. But they don't. Because... Because that costs money. <clears throat> is, is it Sky that have got the Scottish call centres? I don't know. One of them. I've never talked to a Scottish person. I know Dell have uh, Scottish call centres, yeah. which is almost worse than having Indian call centres because when you're on a bad line, yeah. and I'm just like, what the fuck? I can't do it. I can't do it. It kind of changed the laws of physics. I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care, you Ben. <laughs> I've been waiting to have your work this week. I love it. Um, yeah, so it was rather than us to moan about call centres <laughs> because it's meant to be entertaining. I got a slight bit of hand. Wait, everyone's entertained by old men moaning. We're only 30 minutes in and I barely have any notes for the film this week. I've got some notes for the film. I've also got some housekeeping and an intro. So, Jinkies. Housekeeping. Warren, congratulations. You are now officially Space Monkey 7. <laughs> Again, like William, I'm sorry I didn't do this weeks ago, but it only just dawned on me. <laughs> so, I, congratulations. I actually saw him uh, in the flesh on Thursday. Warren. When he took you to lunch? No, he, uh, we were we were out for a team lunch, and oh, okay. he was out visiting friends oh, okay. for lunch. Yeah. And after their lunch finished, he came over to, to ours. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, we hung was out. he wearing his touching T-shirt? He was not, oh, no. Oh, shame on you, Warren. <laughs> Bad space monkey. Bad space monkey. <laughs> Now you're officially a space monkey, number seven. You're gonna to have to wear that Tajik t-shirt everywhere. Everywhere. We expect to, we expect you to get your, your space monkey tattoo in a yeah. prominent location. It still really seems like sends over your uniform. You will have to wear it everywhere you go. You might want to, you know, order a couple of spares. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously, guys, buy our merch. Right, I gave you an o- ominous warning before we. Started. You did, yes. And I hold. We're not going to say what it is, but it's true, right? <laughs> because today, live on Touching, you are going to do the psychopath test. The fuck? <laughs> this is your intro. Yeah, you're going to sit through the side. We figured out you. We rebranded you again as a pervert the other week after your, after you. It was a somewhat oh, lacklustre rebranding. Yeah. Uh, no, after you found the first. Look at him. He's really a pervert. Quiz. 
we had to rebrand you again as a pervert. <laughs> we've done that, so you're still successfully a pervert. <laughs> now we need to figure out if you're a sociopath. Okay. So today it's just like the Voigt Kampf test. You're going to ask me if there's like if I see a, a tortoise upside down on its shell in the in the sun. No, I'm going to ask you to judge yourself. Oh, okay. I mean, I gave up doing that a long time ago. I, I only judge other people these days. <laughs> you need to get back into that. You get get into that judgmental self, mindset. Judgmental mindset. <laughs> back so to we, secondary school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna figure out if you are in fact a sociopath today, right? Um, <clears throat> the psychopath test was created by Canadian psychologist Robert D. Hare in the 1970s. Was he actually a rabbit? I don't know. <laughs> it's quite possible. There's quite a few questions about do you like carrots? So, uh, I mean, I can answer those ones pretty simply. <laughs> no. no. Um, let me, before we get into this, <laughs> we're doing this for fun. A true psychopath test is not administered on the podcast by him. Administered <laughs> on the podcast by me without case studies and backup files and, you know, the truth. I mean, if you want the case study, uh, just go back to episode one, guys, and work your way through up to now. <laughs> So when I asked the question about, did he really like himself? You all have the answer. <laughs> um, so this is the way it works. There's 20 questions. And you need to score yourself on a scale of 0 to 3. 0, obviously, being nothing like me. 3 being, oh my God, that's, that's me in the mirror. Okay. Um, and, then, and there is a threshold number that if you pass it, you are a psychopath a slash sociopath. Awesome, I look forward to I'm this. not going to tell you what it is till the end. <laughs> but we're going to go through this test and we're going to find out. Sorry, it felt like Mastermind. I keep forgetting the video's not on. Yeah, no, we've not got the video on to go, guys. I'm performing, but there's no video. Um, I'm just going to throw this out here. I did the psychopath test on myself a long, long time ago after I read John Watson's book, The Psychopath Test. <clears throat> and I scored two points under being a psychopath. Uh, he did, however, score four points for being a knob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Full. Full with, with honours. In fact, I scored more <laughs> points than, than were available on, <laughs> on the Are You a Dickhead <laughs> quiz. Right. <clears throat> First question. Mm-hmm. Do you exhibit glib or superficial charm. Hang on, let me get my pen so I can keep track of this boy. <laughs> As you can see, guys, we're well prepared for this. He's totally not rummaging around in his bag looking for a pen. Rather than just asking me for one while I'm sat at the desk, littered with pens. I bought my own pen. Oh, la-dee-da, it's a Parker. Oh, get you. It's not, it's a cheap it's, it's oh, a, 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 a rip-off of a Parker. Mine's better because mine has a screwdriver in the end. Oh, okay. And, Should... and a... And a Spirit level in the middle. But do you remember when we were at school and everybody was just like, I need a Parker pen. Yeah. Or what one of them pens that you used to have to get the ink cartridges to put them in? Oh, fountain pen. Fountain, oh my God. I found one of my fountain pens uh, the other day. They were terrible pens. Oh yeah. I'd go off there for a lesson and run out of ink. Yeah. <laughs> and that was because I'd sit there and you, flicking ink at people <laughs> yeah. in front of me. And you'd use the wrong, they had the, the cheap uh, textbooks, yeah. the cheap writing books, which would just basically soak the ink yeah. in so it was just blobbed. And then you go to your pencil case to get like something out, and one of your ink cartridges yeah. exploded. Uh, yeah, why did we think that was a good idea, guys? I don't know. I don't know why. I, why I didn't just buy like a pack of cheap it's Viro. Fucking Viro, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, question that's not one. On the questions. 
Do you exhibit glib or superficial charm? Not to free. Glib or superficial charm? Yeah. No, my uh, it's got to be a zero because my charm is is deep, meaningful, and endearing. <laughs> Oh, one question in, I can see how this is going to go. <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> try getting out of this one. Do you have a grandiose estimation of self? Three. Three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no way I'm not, you're going to rig it I can't even lie about that one. <laughs> 66 episodes says three. Um, do you have a constant need for stimulation? Bearing in mind how many nights this one. week you've had to, you've had to stream. <laughs> one, one, yeah, really, yeah. I overcommit myself to things, which is how comes I am always busy. Really, if I stop doing that, I oh, what about that to. as a two? <laughs> um, this next one, I don't think so, but we'll find out. Are you a pathological liar? No, <laughs> zero, zero. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a very good liar at all. But are you cunning and manipulative? Zero. I, I I can't think of any instances where I have been. Um, Brute force is usually my method. What about this one? Do you have a lack of remorse or guilt? Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have scores in my head for all these questions. And some, some things I, I feel very guilty about. Yeah. Other things I just do not uh, care. Um, do you have superficial emotional responsiveness? Not entirely sure what so, that means. I think that means, like, do you gauge how a normal human would react to something and then try to approximate it? Oh, no, zero. No? Yeah? Okay. I'm quite I'm quite an honest person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably why this podcast is doing so Half badly. the time to your detriment, yeah. Yeah. Are you callous and do you lack empathy? <sighs> Two. Two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amy would probably say three, yeah. but um, I don't think I don't think you are this one. But do you have a parasitic lifestyle? Uh, zero. Yeah, you don't live. In fact, if anything, people live off you. <laughs> yeah, I live for me, baby. Yeah. Um, do you have poor behavioural controls? Oh, three. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, are you sexually promiscuous? Uh, zero. Uh, but well, that's not right now, but throughout your life. Uh, despite my best efforts, oh, okay, zero. Yeah. <laughs> I can count them on one hand. I would say one. Well, because I try to be. Yeah, because because. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk you into. But no, yeah, giving I... you scores, but given half a chance. Were, were I able in my younger years, I would have fucked everything with a pulse. Based on sixty-seven episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Given half a chance, you would fuck most even, things. Even filtering out your yeah. thinly veiled attempts to make me look worse. Yeah, yeah no, one's probably the, the right answer there. Um, did you display early behavioural problems? Like, I, I guess this means wet in the bed and stuff like that. Zero. Zero, yeah. I was, I was a wonderful child, apparently. Um, this is one I would give myself a three. <laughs> this is one I'd give myself a four on. Do you lack realistic long-term goals? Um... One, yeah. maybe. I'd give Most of my goals are fairly realistic. I do have occasional flights of fancy, like, hey, let's do a podcast. That'll be a success. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still time. <laughs> All it takes is one one famous person to go, oh, I listened to this podcast the other well, yeah, day. I'm seeing go that floor now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Um, are you overly impulsive? 
I used to be. I'm not. So, I go for a two because I used to be very, yeah. very impulsive, but I've I've toned it down a lot over the last few years. <laughs> just <clears throat> getting a bit too old for impulsiveness. Exactly. Are you irresponsible? Remember what time you let your child go to bed last night. <laughs> <laughs> that was an early night for him. It's only summer holidays at the moment. I, I'd say zero. I don't think I am irresponsible. Yeah, okay, zero. Um, do you fail to accept responsibility for your actions? Um, one. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get out of it, I will. But um, Have you had many short-term relationships? Uh, zero. Do you have a history of juvenile delinquency? <laughs> Zero. Come on. What juvenile delinquency did once, I have? Once I got you out of your house and away from Warhammer, there that were a couple really of years. That doesn't really count because that was between the ages of like like 17 to... Not, yeah, but it might not be juvenile, but then there, there, was, there was a there fair was amount delinquency. of delinquency. Oh, one. One, okay. <clears throat> um, have you experienced a revocation of conditional release? Now, I did have to look into it. <laughs> I, I know what those words mean individually. I looked into this question. Basically, what it means is, um, are you the kind of person that would get released from prison and then end up finding yourself straight back there because you can't change yeah, your ways? Say that, no, zero. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was prison specific. I think no, it's yeah. more, if you get yourself out of the situation, will you fall Will you back? immediately put yeah. yourself back into it because or you have no control? Do you learn from your mistakes or do you just continue? That would be a much better mistakes? way of phrasing yeah. it. But um, All right, last one. Do you display criminal versatility? Criminal versatility? No, I'm a really shit criminal. Minor petty damage is about my limit, so one. One. <laughs> okay, let's, let's give you a score. <clears throat> the score reveals you are a hedgehog. It's like Jeremy Carl, isn't it, guys? So right, I'm going to go and commit suicide after this. Oh, this is not going how I expected it to go. You scored yourself way lower than I expected. <laughs> oh my god, once again, yeah. you have tried to make me look bad and it's it's failed. Once again. I'm going to have to do a sociopath quiz now. Just to, oh, just you to are. It. Next week's intro is me quizzing you on this. Oh, I'll, I'll give you the book. You can you can quiz me now if you want. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that. Okay. Because I really do have very few notes for the film. Let me... Um... So come on, give me my, give me my score. So... In America, the score to be a psychopath, you have to get over 30. In England... Out of how many? Out of, well, so what is it? 20 questions, maximum score of three, so 60. 60, okay. But in England, you only... Oh, sorry, in the United Kingdom, <laughs> you only have to get 25 plus. Okay. But you scored 18. So wow. you were officially not... I'm officially not a psychopath. Okay. God, you still got clammy hands. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Even on the book. Look. Cold heart, warm hands. You know Apparently so, yeah. Um, okay. Do you exhibit glib or superficial charm? Two. I often use terrible jokes and humour to shut down conversations that I don't want to be a part of. No, that's true. I have seen that firsthand. Do you have a grandiose estimation of self? Two. Two? Because whilst I hate myself, I still think I'm better than everyone else. I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> just goes the bar's to show, set pretty low these which days. Which just goes <laughs> to show what I think of everyone else. Do you have a constant need for stimulation? I'll give myself a one. Okay. Okay. I can 
quite happily just sit there and do nothing. But <laughs> if I'm not, as I found out in work in the past few weeks, if I've not got something to do, I'll start to go stir crazy. Yeah. Even if it's just listen to a podcast or read a book, I need something. I hope I know the answer to this one. Are you a pathological liar? Mm, one. One? Oh, you've been telling porky pies. Oh, 67 episodes of this podcast. Have you not heard, good point. Good point. You not heard the shit I've claimed? <laughs> that's just really not true. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Like, are, are you cunning and manipulative? One. One. I can be. Like a fox. I have to... I, I, I can be. I can get myself into positions or out of things if I really need to. <laughs> Do you have a lack of remorse or guilt? One. Ooh. Because there are certain things that, that I have done that I feel no remorse <laughs> about. Like I can, I don't know, go bang a girl and then block her on my way back to the car <laughs> and feel no remorse. <laughs> But then I could, like, I got home last night after making a throwaway comment about how a half an hour conversation about computers bored the hell out of me Mm-mm. and felt really bad in case I'd upset someone <laughs> by saying that. So I'd give myself a mum. Okay. Do, do you have a superficial emotional responsiveness? One. There are often times that I don't know how to react. So I figure out how everyone else in the room <laughs> is reacting and ape it. So, yeah. Are you callous and do you lack empathy? Two. Two. Uh, I only care empathy? about the people that I care about. Yeah. If you're in my inner circle, I care 100%. If you're not, fuck you. <laughs> do you have a parasitic lifestyle? Two. Two. Oh my goodness, guys. It's all coming out now. Not, not, I'd rock. <laughs> like right now, I stand on my two feet. I lived on my own for ages. I've paid half of everything. But there have been times in my life where I've been so depressed, it's been quite easy for me to just sit back and let someone just, else take yeah. care of me. Yeah. Uh, this is a Parker, by the way. It actually says Parker on Does it actually? Yes. I thought so, because you've got the little arrow clip. Oh, my mum got it from Costco. I didn't remember. Really... Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, Oh, got a part. Oh, do you have poor behavioural controls? Two. Two? Okay. I'm prone, Actually, no, yeah, you probably I'm prone to getting text messages at half eleven at night when I know I've got to be up at six, but I'll still go out. <laughs> Are you sexually promiscuous? I think you answered that earlier. I'm going to give myself a one. Really? Because I'd rather be monogamous. I'd rather be with one person and just bang that person for the rest of my life. But- I can I can bang a girl and then block her on the way to the car. <laughs> yeah, but that's only in the last year, six months. Before I was monogamous yeah, for sixteen. I was monogamous for sixteen years, and before that, girls wouldn't even look at me. So yeah, six months. <laughs> did, did you display early behavioural problems? Zero. Zero. I was a good kid. Apparently. It's not a bad way. I, I only ever went to bed once, according to my mum. So. Do you lack realistic long-term goals? Free. Seven. Yeah. Free. Free. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Um, are you overly impulsive? Two. I can get I can get swept up in the in the moment. Yeah. And then regret it later, but yeah, I can get swept up in the moment. Are you irresponsible? One. 
Mm. I like to think I'm quite responsible. If I know I've got to do something, I'll do it. But there are occasions when I just fuck it off. Yeah. <laughs> do you fail to accept responsibility for your actions? Zero. Zero. I always take responsibility. Yeah, no, or in, and even if you, even if I'm not responsible, you, yeah, I'll, I'll claim like, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to feel included, guys. Yeah, basically. Um, have you had many short-term relationships? Zero. Yeah, we, we, we gathered, gathered that from, oh, I was in a long-term relationship for 16 years. Yeah, 16 and a half. 16 and a half. <laughs> half. Um, do you have a history of juvenile delinquency? This has got to be higher than mine because it was you that corrupted me in the first place. I'm going to say one. Really? Yeah, because uh, I didn't really... Let's just say one. <laughs> I, can't, I do one and a half because I don't think quite think I'm a two, but... I'd, I'm probably higher than the one, but we'll go with one. Have you experienced a revocation of conditional release? <sighs> Two. Two. Fucking hell! It's taken me a lot, a long time to learn to learn from my mistakes and not just keep making the same fucking mistakes over and over again. These scores are racking. Yeah, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing well at all. I should have just kept this as you doing it. Do you display criminal versatility? Well, I don't. I'm not trying to throw myself under the bus, but there are a couple of things that I did for a long, long time and never got arrested. This is true. Oh no! Can you put that down to one? I put that down to one. Yeah, one. (laughs) I'm scared. You're not scared. I think I've smashed the American score. Okay, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven, thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> um, oh crap! I'm a psychopath. Seventeen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two. I still, I came in under the threshold. Thank Only God. just. <laughs> I told you last time I did it. I came in slightly under the threshold. As well. <laughs> Twenty-two slightly. out of twenty-five. There. <laughs> Wow. I'm even sweatier than normal now. <laughs> you can see there's genuine fear in his eyes here. Watching you top them scores up, I was like, I'm about to get out of Oh, God. <laughs> no girl's ever going to fuck me again. Um, unless they've got a thing for psychopaths. Thank God. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the psychopath. There you test. go. We have proved to everybody yeah. we are not psychopaths. So, Disney, can we get that show yeah. on Disney Plus yeah, now? Please. Or do we... Uh, wait, maybe we should have, like passed the test and got like higher numbers because then Disney may have hired us because they're clearly all sociopaths. Yeah. Damn, I'm not really selling this, am I? Yeah, but if they're all sociopaths, they will want to control us. Oh, that's true, yeah. If we're also sociopaths, we're simps, us Disney. As... Yeah. Did you know, apparently, so I was talking about our, our um, I was talking to Amy about something the other day um, and she dropped the clanger that you can't say the word simp on Twitch. Can you not? Why? No. Oh, is it because you're you're basically it's, like it, winking it's at people? A, it's a slur, like, apparently. They they buy me stuff. It. It, I mean, that goes that's there in the same category as the F and N bombs. Oh, okay. And that's it's like good. that doesn't make sense. But can you post a link to your wish list? Ah, uh, yes. So you can be a you, you can be a simp. You can yeah yeah you, you can you okay. can oh yeah you can post links to your wish list on there. Amy's got a wish list. On I her can't Twitch. wait till we get enough listeners that I can have a wish list. Mm-hmm. It would be like, buy me these CDs and Buy me this stuff, damn it. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Um, I highly recommend John Ronson's book, 
the psychopath test that goes into kind of the history of the psychopath test and the kind of people in this world that are psychopaths but not in the way that you would think they're not michael myers they're ceos of corporations yeah um but he comes kind of comes at psychopaths with a humanist angle so it's very interesting but it is a good book actually yeah. i think i've still got your copy haven't i if you if you really yeah i think it's on top that's of the wardrobe. why i couldn't find it for my research yes <laughs> did you lend it to me in a stack of books yeah. i was just like please read john ronson please don't, please i really like him yeah. <laughs> i've read a couple of his books now all the ones you lent me. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely go. I definitely lent you the one about Twitter, right? About all these people that yeah, got yeah, their yeah. lives ruined because they posted one thing on Twitter. One thing on Twitter. Yeah. That was that was fucking hilarious to read some of those. Yeah. It's bad though. Like somebody like what was that woman that just posted something? Got on a got on a plane. Got on a plane. Got back and she found that she'd basically lost her job and and was lost publicly her, vilified. Everything was just taken away from her on this yeah. plane journey because of one kind of on ill-conceived post yeah impulsive impulsive post yeah yeah um so this week we watched snatch <laughs> and we watched a film yeah. called snatch yeah i watched a lot of snatches watched a lot week. of snatch it's been a long week guys um <laughs> i have now saw <laughs> um now we watched um guy Ritchie's british classic shall i he is a british classic I mentioned this at well. I didn't mention the podcast because obviously I'm hoping they still don't know I do it. Lol. But I did kind of mention, oh, I found Snatch on Sky the other day. I can't wait to see it. And there wasn't a single person in my room that wasn't just in the office that wasn't just like, amazing film. So can we, can we call it, please call it a British classic? You can call it whatever you want. <laughs> we don't have to have a unanimous opinion. Yeah, but how would you define it? Um, that fucking film that everyone quoted for about five years. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. I wouldn't call it a classic. I would. I would call it. I mean, I could rather okay. briefly call <clears throat> it a rehashing of Lockstock. But I got one point. <clears throat> Go on. This week we watched the British take on Pulp Fiction, because <laughs> it basically is right. This 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 week we watched um, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels Part Deux. Part, yeah. <laughs> I was watching it, I was kind of like, this has got a lot in common with Pulp Fiction, like multiple storylines going yeah. on at the same time. You're following these gangster type characters around, things are going wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Pulp Fiction had a lot of um, a lot of success in the 90s and Guy Ritchie went, right, All right I know what I'm doing, I'm doing next, a mate. British version of that. Yeah. Um, but that would, be to, that would be to kind of take away from how good this film is, to, to call it that. Do you not like it? I'm getting this impression. It was okay. Just... It wasn't as good as I remember it. Really? Yeah. I'm not in general. It was a better fan. than I remembered it. I'm not in general a fan of um, criminal films yeah. and stuff. I watched loads of them because there was that whole this isn't spate. Really, a criminal. This is more a comedy. Yeah, it is. It's a crime comedy. It's yeah. almost a, a crime caper. Yeah. Film, but it's just not quite. It's it's perfectly watchable. It was enjoyable, but I, I enjoyed it significantly less than the first time I watched it. See, it, it worked the other way for me. I enjoyed it more this time because when I the first time I watched it, or the first 12 times <laughs> I watched it, it was during that kind of period where everybody was watching everybody, it. Everyone yeah. was talking about it. Everywhere you went, someone was just like, Do you like dogs? Do you like dogs? Yeah. So, like, I, and I was in this, and, I, and eventually I was just like, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> but having not watched it for... 10, 15 years. Coming back to it this time, I was just like, wow, this really is good. Now I can understand why 
that was the case at the time. Why it yeah. hit fever pitch for a while. I, I hadn't watched it, probably. I mean, I saw it when it came out, and I think I watched it maybe once. Oh, I've seen re- this film. Reasonably shortly after. Countless times, yeah. And then, obviously, this time. This, um, this was one of them films that if you ended up at someone's house and people were looking for something to watch this was this, one of yeah, the this was one things that went, that went on because everybody liked it everybody liked it it was yeah. a safe bet yeah. yeah okay well I have some trivia I think I actually have more trivia than I do notes this week trivia Um, Sorry, I was trying to make up for your lack of notes by holding trivia. I was just dragging yeah. out. I mean, to be fair, our intro uh, has nearly reached an hour. So, Oh, cool. Um, released 23rd of August 2000 in the UK, the 19th of January 2001 in the US, for reasons. I didn't realise it was that old. It's fucking ancient, mate. I got this. I got this feeling it was more like two thousand five, two thousand six. I don't know. Why. Mm, I thought it was about that. Yeah. But no, it was. It was 23rd of August 2000. Written and directed, obviously, by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Uh, had a budget of 10 million US dollars. Made a box office of 83.6 million US dollars, which is a uh, 73 million dollars. Yeah, that, that's a cool return on investment. There it is. I'm I'm shocked. It only cost 10 million. I'm not. When we watched. What, the running man was like 27 million. Yeah. And this looks... Yeah. I know they're using real life... It's all on location, so... <laughs> I'm not used to having a mic I know they're using real life locations and stuff, but it just... It doesn't yeah, it's, look it's like... It's all on location shooting, and yeah. I mean, you look at the number of sets they probably actually had to make, it's oh. minimal. Yeah, I mean, all them caravans must have cost a bit. Nah, you get them off. You get them out the back of the fucking newspaper of about 150 quid each. Oh, we um, should get a caravan and convert it into a podcast recording studio. Amy keeps saying, well, "Well, me and Amy have discussed getting a caravan so many times, but especially now I've got a car that could actually tow it." Yeah. Where the fuck am I going to keep it? Mm. That's the problem. You can't just leave them on the road. Roundabout. The roundabout. <laughs> I'll just go over the field. Yeah. Just pitch up over the field. I mean, People were doing it in Ireland for a long time. I remember once when I was when I was in my early teens, probably. Um, my parents bought a caravan. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents on that side, on my dad's side, had had a caravan for years, and we'd had a tent, and then a trailer tent, yeah. and then they got this caravan, and uh, we got it, and we got a snazzy new awning to go on the front of it, and before we went away, the week before, the week or maybe in a few days before we went away. We needed to test putting up the awning, make sure it all fitted and there were no problems and all that. So my dad hitched up the, the, the caravan to the cart, drove it over to the local playing fields. Okay, yeah. Um, and it was back before they had the bollards and yeah, that around yeah. it. So he just bumped it up, bumped the car up onto the grass and uh, unhitched it, put the thing down. And of course, there's all the people there coming out from the, the care home. and. Yeah. Uh, Look at that! Look at that! Look, they're, they're only pitching their bloody caravan. And my dad, in one of the greatest things I ever saw him do, calls over to me. He's like, "Rooney, what? Tell, tell Mark put a kettle on." He's <laughs> like, "What?" He's like, "Tell him Mark put a kettle on. <laughs> we're, we're we're pitching it, mate." Sorry, I didn't realise what he was yeah. doing. And it was only about five minutes later it dawned on me that he was just yeah. winding these people up because you could see the outrage yeah. on their faces and they all just stood there tutting. How, <laughs> how long till the police turned up? They didn't. They didn't. they didn't. These people didn't do anything about it. They just stood there judging and tutting. We literally put it up, tested it. Yeah, it's fine. Took it down. We were there 45 minutes, an yeah. hour tops. 
Um, but that, yeah, I just I was I was reminded of that the other day. We were talking about something, and it reminded me of that story. Uh, I was just like, I'm not in surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised they didn't call the place. I once turned up to play football on them playing fields and couldn't play my game because there was a burnt out car in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, all right, looks like we're not playing today. Not, not today, lads. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, starring Jason Statham, Benicio del Toro, Vinnie Jones, Brad Pitt, and Dennis Farina. Play cousin Avi. Oh, okay. Was this? I know I, I could again. I say this every time. I know I could have looked this up, but it's better if I ask you. Was this Jason Statham's kind of big breakthrough film? I think it was. Yeah. yeah this was his first real lead. This, this was his his first lead role. And this is where it peaked, right? I don't know. I watched a Meg the other day. Oh, I've not seen that. <laughs> don't bother. It, well, it is exactly what what it says on the tin. To it's be a giant fair, shark. I've, and seen, Jason I've only ever seen a couple of other Jason Statham films. Normally, I just avoid them, not the play. I like Jason Statham. What's the one where it's like Speed, but it's not Speed? Um, he's got the something. He's crank. Crank. Yeah, I saw that. That was yeah. fucking awful. <clears throat> that was hilarious. Um, yeah, that might actually be the only one I've seen. I've, I've I've got vague memories of him like kind of skating on top of a railing or something. Somewhere. Yeah, he does, and he he licks car batteries. Yeah, and yeah it's. I, I like Jason Statham. He does what he does very well. Oh, I won't deny that. It's just yeah. I'm not a fan of what he does. And and all of his films are kind of turn your brain off and yeah. just coast through them films, which everyone needs every so often. Yeah, and I tend to watch Arnie films for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it apparently this film came in at number 466 on Empire Magazine's 2008 poll of the 500 greatest movies of all time really there were 465 films better than this I can see that I mean I'd probably say there were more than that but no I don't know I don't know what the criteria was although it says films greatest films of all time so I don't know what this this film is even doing on the list they're counting things like Casablanca and Gone yeah, with the Wind. Like and the entire history of the cinema. The sound of music and all yeah. this bullshit that I've never I'd have put I'd have put um, Lockstock higher than this, but... I haven't seen Lockstock for a long time, but I'm, I've am i got good memories of it. I probably yeah. would go higher than this, yeah. Um, now, Brad Pitt contacted Guy Ritchie to see if the director had any part for him in his new movie, whilst this film was in pre-production. Uh, Ritchie responded, yes. But after the phone conversation was over, Richie realised that he offered Pitt a part in Snatch that did not yet exist. Oh, really? So he rewrote the movie with a part for Brad Pitt specifically. Did he realise afterwards, or did he, whilst he was on the phone, think, I can get Brad Pitt in my film. I can get Brad Pitt in my film. film. Yes, 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 I've got a part for it. And then went and rewrote it. Read between the lines. Um, However, when Guy Ritchie told Brad Pitt that he would be playing a boxer, Pitt became concerned because he had just finished shooting Fight Club yeah, in 1999. He, he looks like he's still got that Fight Club body. Yeah. yeah, and he did not want to play the same type of role again. Pitt took the role anyway because he wanted to work with Richie so badly. Really? Yeah. Is this off the back of Lockstock? Just, yeah, because he's apparently a big fan of, of his work. There's nobody in Hollywood now that's desperately trying to work with, with Guy Richie. No, right? nobody so, wants to work with Guy Richie anymore. Although I did see The Gentleman, and The Gentleman is... Lockstock Snatch, rebranded. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, and it's all about weed dealers. But I, I actually really enjoyed it. I think I'm just... When Guy Ritchie makes these kinds of films, <laughs> I'm into them. So. Yeah. 
You're the reason he's still got a career. No, because I will be the first person to tell you all the reasons why you should never make another <laughs> King Arthur film. I'd like to see him make a sci-fi film. Or make I any think f- that would be brilliant. Or make any films of Madonna in. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt's character and indecipherable speech was actually inspired by many critics' complaints about the accents of the characters in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, yeah, because Americans are like, oh, we can't understand English people. Exactly. Guy Ritchie decided to counter the criticisms by creating a character that not only couldn't be understood by the audience, but that also couldn't be understood by characters in the film <laughs> itself, which... I have to say... Uh, I'm behind that 100%. I got about 90%. Uh, like I could tell oh. what he was saying, 90%. Except for the bits where he's meant to be indecipherable. He's meant to be indecipherable. There are bits on the, on the, the subtitles where it comes up with indecipherable yeah. language, and it's like, okay. When he's describing what what um furniture and what rugs and stuff he wants in his caravan <laughs> and then at the end he says something like did you get that and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. when it's meant to be indecipherable yeah. for the joke yeah oh, i kind of got it i was sat in there like this like just <laughs> trying to um, figure it out but i got it every mistake that sol vincent and tyrone make were inspired by various late night tv shows about real life crimes gone horribly wrong. Oh, I didn't know this. I the whole know. thing is yeah. just a whole bunch of different things from different that different people have done basically codified into one long oh, farce. I like that. <laughs> I have to say Tyrone's probably my favorite character. In this whole thing. <laughs> of course I am. Of course you are. <laughs> of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> It's just like me back in the day. Yep. You know what you're doing, right? Of course, course I, I do. do. I got a fucking clue. You did make sure we were invited. Of course yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 You've done do a you know where it is? Of course I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Reggie. Um, when Vinny and Sol are sitting outside Bricktop's bookies about to return the diamond, oh, yeah. the man that approaches the car is not actually Vinny Jones. Awesome. It was a lookalike. Oh, okay. Jones didn't show up for shooting that day because he was in jail for fighting the night before. <laughs> so they Good had to get Vinny. a stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's just like, what the fuck, man? We got a call for Bricktop Tony on set. What? What do you mean he's in jail? He's only meant to be playing Bricktop Tony, not acting like Bricktop Tony. <laughs> yeah, he actually didn't make it because he was in jail. That first scene, when they do like the flashback of him getting shot six times, yeah. and he's got the hair. The mullet. Oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> Vinnie Jones yeah. should rock a mullet. I've got, actually, I'm just going to come out with my Vinnie Jones night if I can find it. Um, where is it? Basically, he just says, like, considering his trade was to be a professional footballer, he does a very, very good job in this film, in my opinion. I was going to say um, Jones should have stuck to being a professional footballer oh, and making adverts because no. he cannot act for shit. He can't act, but he can play that one role. Yeah, he basically he plays, plays that himself. one role very well, yeah. Vinnie Jones. Don't Vinnie Jones as Vinnie, Vinnie Jones. Jones. Under um, a different name, yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, in this... Considering he's a footballer, he managed to do this very yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. He does He does what he does well. Yeah. Um, I've seen him in other films, and he, which he should not no, be anywhere near. He shouldn't yeah. try actual acting. Um, the producers couldn't afford enough extras for the boxing match sequences. Oh, okay. So whenever a camera angle changed, the extras had to move around to create the impression of a crowded house. 
Okay, I'll, I don't know why they didn't just grab random people off the street. Well, that's what I was expecting. That's what I was yeah. expecting this note to go. Was, you know, they just pulled in random bits of crew or people off the street. I would have just gone out been like, you've, have you seen Lockstock? Yeah, we're making another Lockstock-style film. Come and be in the, in the shot. Yeah, but no, they just right. had to use the same people and oh, shuffle okay. them around. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want randoms on the set. They just Yeah, yeah. quite possibly. Um, apparently, Bo the dog was very difficult to work with. Oh, yeah, I know. It's half them scenes where the dog goes mad and attacks people. They, I'm assuming it's meant to happen, yeah. During the car scene with Vincent Salt and Tyrone, the dog was actually attacking Lenny James. Yeah. Uh, and James was actually bitten in the crotch by the dog, although he didn't suffer any serious injury. The dog was replaced after that incident, which does explain why the dog appears to be a different dog yeah. in different scenes, depending on whether they had Bo or the other replacement dog <laughs> he may have I've got I've got a note that's quite simple is like that that dog is so cute it, the dog is adorable yeah, but it was a pain bastard. to work with but he was cute um, Lenny James actually hit himself in the junk with the shotgun whilst blasting a hole in the wall um, but carried on yeah. with the scene and that is the take that they used in the film yeah that's professionalism that is right? professionalism and, and it gives that his strained voice as he shouts through the wall yeah. at her a whole new dimension because he's he's not acting there yeah. he's actually, actually in real pain. physical pain that would been me I would have just corpse the scene right there been I'd... laying on the floor in the fetal position for about 10 minutes yeah. well played Lenny yeah um Almost every death in the film takes place off screen. Yeah, actually. I think I, when they, when they said that, I was like, nah, well, oh no, yeah, actually. Yeah, because you, do, yeah. you don't actually see, you see the aftermath. Yeah. Or you see it's implied that somebody is dying, but you don't ever actually see, well, is it, are there actually any deaths? The gun shoots himself, but the camera. But the camera, again, to the wall. To the to the wall. The blood. Um, um, yeah. You see the, the um, travellers are on the hill. Yep. Even when they follow Matey on the floor, who's phoning Bricktop and gets yeah. shot while he's on the phone, it they cuts cut away. To him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I was like, that's. They shoot Bricktop Tony doing the car door thing from the other side of the car. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That was apparently the stunt director. Oh really? Whose head was being shut in the door, um, and they deliberately showed his uh, Bulletproof Tony's first scene of, of being him slamming someone's head in the door as a direct reference back to the character yeah. he played in Lockstock, who. That was kind of yeah. like his signature thing yeah. from that film, um, which was confusing to me because I was like, "Wait, which one? Which film does this happen in?" Which one? I got the two of them because I haven't seen them for so bloody long. Yeah, and they're yeah, so similar. I, they, they blurred. I saw it and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's my that's what I remember of Vinnie Jones in these films, shoving motherfuckers' heads." I was, in I was getting confused because there's obviously but a lot stock. They don't come back to it at all, and no. I'm like, "I swear, I've seen him from different angles. I've seen him really do this because I think I used to like cringe." There's some. It must be in Lockstock. Yeah, it's in Lockstock. Where he's doing it that I've legit cringed at before. I've been like... Oh. Where the, where it's from the guy's yeah. angle and everything is just... It's all muted and yeah. he's just screaming and shouting at him. It's quite cringy. The door, yeah. And I was expecting that in this film and then it never came. And no. That's when I had to figure it out. It, it, it gets confusing because obviously there's Lockstock, there's, there's Snatch, uh, Essex Boys and layer no, cake the guy richie didn't do essex boys no but cake. they're all the fucking same they could they could be made they could be set in the same fucking universe essex boys is a true story though well it's based on a true story oh yeah based on a true yeah. story um, layer cake was the better one i like layer cake yeah i quite like layer i cake. thought it was but it had a higher caliber of everything i just <laughs> these films are really good and they're so universally loved because they're funny 
mm. layer cake come at from my remembrance come at it from a more of a smarter angle it's like right, yeah it was a this very is smart how, it was almost like Ocean's Eleven yeah this is how London the criminal gangster. empire is built and this yeah. is how it's run and this is how it works whereas this is just a bunch of bumbling idiots yeah and larger than life characters <laughs> which is for me basically one of its only redeeming features um alternative casting choices not many there was there was not as much trivia about this film as I expected no I thought there'd be a lot more but I think it was a very low-key, very sensible production process. This being coming after Lockstock and Guy Ritchie already kind of having his foot in the door yeah. and establishing himself with Lockstock, I imagine this time around it was like, okay, I want to work with this person, this person, this person, this person. My last film was a success. Oh, Brad Pitt wants to be in it as well. Great. Yeah, I can imagine that did him a lot of favours. Yeah. Attaching his name to it. Well, here's a name that probably would have done him even more favours. Sean Connery was offered the role of Bricktop. Oh, I thought, oh. Now that, if you're talking about big names, um, he liked the film and was interested to see Guy's earlier film, (coughs) Lock, Start and Two Smoking Barrels. So producer Matthew Vaughan arranged a screening at very short notice. Um, After the screening, Connery gave the following judgment on the film. That is a good film. And then he said in a stage whisper, you're not going to be able to afford me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is brilliant. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I like that film. But you ain't got the money, mate. (laughs) This begs a question though, right? When you are Sean Connery level, or even if we come down a couple of levels, if you're at a level where you can say, come on, 10 million a film, which is the budget for this. Yet there's a project you really want to do. Yeah. Do you take the less money? Knowing that if that gets out, people will be like, oh, but you did it for that film. You did it for this. It depends on how big your name is, isn't it? Yeah. As we discussed before, um, Arnie and fucking uh, Johnny Depp now only do films that they actually want to do. I mean, I would would only ever have to do one $10 million film. Yeah. And then after that, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm only doing films I want to do. I'm only doing OnlyFans from now on. Yeah. No smart. Yeah. (laughs) It's just just you sat there reading a uh, fucking secret garden or something. This week, we're going to talk about this cult. Next <laughs> week, we're going to talk about serial killers. Reggie on cults. But do you know what I mean? Like, I'd do one ten, $10 million film and then I'd just be like, I'd just do whatever I want. Yeah. Where, I, I, but it seems like a lot of people are like, oh no, every film I do is going to be a $10 million film. Yeah. You, this is what this is my this is my fee. You yeah. pay it or I'm not in your film. Whereas I'd, I'd be very much like, Oh, I really want to do this film. I can get ten million over here to do a film I don't want to do, but I really want to be in this one. So <laughs> I'll take a mill to be in this. I thought I had another one, but apparently not. Or maybe I didn't add it to my notes. Um, now to keep things in order yeah. during production, Guy Ritchie introduced a system of fines on set. Okay. There were fines for mobile phones ringing, arriving late, taking naps during shooting, being cheeky. Uh, being unfunny and or moaning and complaining. Being unfunny. Being unfunny. That's a bit subjective. It's very when subjective. When it comes to, to having fines. I know like... Within... I mean, they were all low-key fines. It was more a sort of uh, a wrist yeah. slap than anything else. I know like in the footballing world, you have fines for like if you're late to a meeting, if you're late, if you, yeah. if you don't do whatever, you, they get fines of like 15 grand, 20 yeah. grand. But unfunny... Yeah, that's I'm not sure very how, how you judge that one. But then being cheeky, yeah, you know that again. That's a very subjective that's, one. Yeah. Um, apparently, at one point, uh, a member of staff was charged for letting the craft service table run out of coffee cups. 
<laughs> which is which kind of drives home the fact that they were small time yeah. fines because you couldn't exactly be slapping like a hundred quid fine oh, no. on the fucking craft services people yeah, because that's that's like that's their day's wages. Yeah. <laughs> um, as he was playing a particularly scummy character, Brad Pitt decided to uh, take a take a leaf out of some uh, method acting books, um, and very seldom washed during oh, really? production to really get that grimy that, yeah. lived in sort of and it comes across because he just looks like he stinks throughout the entirety of this film him and Jason Fleming they look like they've <laughs> never washed in their life yeah. oh, Jason Fleming isn't exactly the cleanest looking of, of chaps no, no. But um, he looks terrible he takes it hair. to a whole other level, that, level in this he, he chooses a white sports jacket it's <laughs> just filthy yeah um during the opening credits, the Hasidic-clad diamond thieves are discussing the Virgin Mary. Yeah. This is a reference to Reservoir Dogs, where during the opening scene, the thieves are discussing the Madonna song, Like, like a, a Virgin. Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. I... There's another sort of subtle nod there in the, the Madonna song, which uh, re- recurs several times during Bullet Tooth Tony's section yeah. of this, being uh, Lucky Star. I uh, have a note about that later on somewhere. Um Brad Pitt was initially thrown by the British cast and crew's predilection for using the word cunt with such abandon. However, <laughs> he soon wore down his resistance and joined in. Yeah, I'll Because <laughs> you can imagine, when you've got a bunch of East End actors like that, oh, yeah. that gets said a lot. Morning cunts. Yeah. Right, cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though. It's like, I'm not going to have the argument now because it's a 20-minute argument, but in some, in some circles, the word cunt is a term of endearment. Oh, yeah. Whereas in other circles, it is the it's worst the possible word you, you, can, you can ever say. I remember at college, it just it ceased to lose all meaning. Yeah. We used it so often. Yeah. And it was only, I mean, there was only like three guys on my college course. And the girls very rarely used the word. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But we used it all the fucking yeah. time to the point where, yeah, it did just cease to lose any meaning. It was just like, hi, guys. But rather than hi, guys, it was hi, cunts. Yeah. You're a cunt. This is a cunt. What a cunt. <laughs> You're a cunt. Like, I'm a cunt. Everyone's a cunt. I had to sort of like mentally readjust when I went home because oh, if yeah. I dropped the C bomb in front of my parents, Jesus, I'd when have been I first, When I first started working in kitchens, I worked with a lot of like older English people mm. at first. <laughs> and it was it was a term of endearment. It was like, you walk in, oh, morning, cunt. Like, like, how are you doing today, cunt? Because like, then... some old people, it's anathema. You know, yeah. My grandparents and even my parents. I don't think I've ever heard them use it or, or you know. I couldn't say it in front of, I, I, I said it in front of my mum once it. and got chewed out. Um, but, yeah, other older people, yeah. it just, yeah. it's weird. But it's then, just my, my, my grandparents on my mum's side come from the East End. They were both from fucking Acme. Yeah, my dad came from the East End. I never heard him use the word then. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's just us cunts that use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Soppy cunts. Yeah. <laughs> On the DVD documentary, Guy Ritchie mentions meeting a Brazilian man who told him that the most hated people in his country are animal abusers, particularly those abusing dogs. Yeah. Ritchie was then inspired to add the scene of Bricktop prodding a dog to provoke it to fight, highlight, highlighting what a monstrous individual he is. Yeah, as they walk in, I'm like, does he? I was thinking to myself, does he really need to put this in the film? This is upsetting. I don't <laughs> want to see that poor dog laying there like that. Yeah, the dog fights, she's just like, oh, man. And then when, when we get up to Bricktop, and he's, and I'm just like, oh, now I see. He's now really it, yeah. ramming home the fact that he is an evil cunt. He is, yeah. he is a nasty piece of work. Um, it is, however, worth adding. I'm using that word now. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> the... 
It is, however, worth adding that in real life, Alan Ford, who obviously played Bricktop, yeah. is uh, not only a vegetarian, but also an animal rights activist. Oh, is he really? So he's the exact opposite. He's the antithesis of, 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 yeah, of Bricktop, yeah. which is nice to know. But the thing is, though, he looks like he should be like Bricktop. Yeah. He sounds he like sounds he should like be like, like Bricktop. Be. It's like, almost like, are you just being yourself? Apparently not. No. no. Um, reportedly, reportedly, one million US dollars of the 10 million budget uh, was paid by the production to use Lucky Star in the film. Really? Yes. Is this? Was he married to Madonna at the time, or was he just trying to bang her? I think he was just trying to bang her at the oh, time. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, one million dollars for a, a song that we don't even hear all the way through. Yeah. It's in the background of two. Considering scenes. you've got 10 million dollars, and somehow you've got a paper pit, and Frank Butcher. <laughs> And <laughs> Jason Statham and all these other actors. How do you like? I can. I don't understand how like the the meeting with the finance people. It's like right, all the producers, whoever d- deals with that. You're sitting there. You're all right. We've got to pay this money for this. We've got to pay this money for this. This money for this. Right. They're asking for a million. Yeah, we need one tenth song. of the budget yeah. for this song. Like we're not going to do it. Are we? Can't we just choose another song or something? No, yeah. no. What What do you mean? We have to have that song. How pivotal is it to the, to the plot? You mean, it's not. It's, it's not just a tiny throwaway reference. Yeah. It's going to cost a million pounds. How badly are you trying to bang Madonna, oh, Mr. Richie? that much? Oh, you watch Body of Evidence and you... And, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I see how it is. Um, last note, body count. 26. 26. Yeah. I don't have a breakdown, but a large bulk of it is when uh, all of the gangsters get shot in yeah. the vans right near the end. Um, before we get onto notes, I need to pee. Right, so... We have a question we need to clear up before we can get into notes. Okay. Do we use the P word? No. Right. I've been avoiding it. (laughs) I avoided using it, but I was like, we need to clear this up. because I almost said it earlier when I was like, when all them... Exactly. Travellers. I ain't using that word, no. Okay, cool. We will will not be using that word. Fair enough. Cool. Right. Right. So, that Columbia logo, right at the start of the film, just always reminds me of Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Because at the start of the yeah. Ghostbuster films, then it's just like, I said, oh, Ghostbuster. Oh, no, wait, this is Snatch. This yeah. is completely different. different. <laughs> um, I've got interesting credits. And Benicio mm. Del Toro's character's voice always reminds me of the guy who dies with an erection at a quick stop in Clerks. I don't know why. It's just the minute he starts, it's like that kind of nasally kind of whiskey. <laughs> and I'm like, I just get straight taken back to that guy in Clerks being like, just like, I need, I need, I need this soft toilet paper. I, I can't do an impression, but yeah, I, I like the opening credits. Obviously, it's, um, it's almost like two lots of credits, though, isn't there? Mm. There's like the credit credits, and then there's the oh, here are all the characters, and here are all their names, so we don't have to go over this in the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the opening ones where where yeah. you've obviously got the Jewish guys walking through talking because. Yeah. Rather than just having like two minutes of, of names on the screen that you're not interested in reading, yeah. um, they kind of, they put put the names on the screen, but they you also got this other thing, and it's kind of integral to the plot because yeah. it's it's all a build up it's, to the, the initial heist sort of thing. It's like oh, I, I like, like it. I like some of the actual individual shots as well, like when you move up the security mm. monitors as yeah, working along the monitors. And you work up. I thought that was quite it's very clever. it's very clever. I yeah. do like that. Yeah. Um, by the time the second credits finish, <laughs> and the little Jewish men have ditched their, their their disguises, they look nothing like they do when they were walking nope. in there. No. And <laughs> I, I, know that's the, I know that's the aim of a disguise, 
but they they couldn't look less like the the little Jewish guys they're meant to be. At, at, the at one point, the guy that's at the back of the group, yeah. Looks like Jason Statham in in <laughs> in the was. disguise. There's probably a trivia note that you didn't see where it's like, this person didn't turn up that day, so they just threw so they Jason just stuck Statham it on, in on there, Jason's yeah. face instead and sent him through there. Yeah, I thought it was, and I was looking out for it when they actually arrive and do the heist. But no. Here's my most important note for the whole film. Oh, Bricktop is everything Sheriff Gambon wishes he could be. Oh, yeah, that is a pretty important note. <laughs> yeah. I've, it's so true though Sheriff Gammon wishes he had <laughs> that much power and that much respect that he could just get away with murder he just get away with doing that sort of but shit but he doesn't he tells people to do stuff and they just mock him they openly mock in the him. street yeah. uh, I've, I've met some people noisy dogs out there today yeah. um, I've met some people like Bricktop oh, in yeah. my life yeah um, I work with a few with even with those that accent I mean they're, they're less murderous obviously yeah. because I'm not dead but people like that fucking hate them they immediately put my back up yeah. i just i've got no time for them they're self-importance yeah yeah that's self-importance and and the, the the talking to you as if you're somehow inferior to them and it's just yeah carry on go, sunshine yeah i wouldn't go as far as to say like i've met people just like bricktop but when i was a kid and we'd have to go into london for these big family parties for the mm-hmm. family members that i've never met before never met i've before. never i'm never gonna meet them again but they were all just pure east london like the accent yeah the, the way they they held themselves the clothes they wore it's, yeah, yeah it's so east london you're just like oh yeah. <laughs> um all right i'm gonna shout i'm gonna say this now a lot of the notes i do have are just quotes okay i've so got a couple i'm, I'm gonna throw one out pull your tongue out of my asshole gary dogs do that are you a dog gary <laughs> 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 i have to like Guy Ritchie may not be the most original person in the world, but the di- I, the dialogue in this film is is a level above the dialogue in a lot of films. In my in my opinion, I really liked it. I, I have a note on the dialogue. Okay, it's going to be completely opposite to mine, right? Not quite opposite. Um, it's very to me. It comes across as very overwritten. Oh, yeah, absolutely overwritten. Yeah. Um, they all sound like they're delivering very carefully crafted and well-rehearsed yeah. lines. Yeah. And it just comes across as unnatural. It's like it's like a Kevin Smith film, but if a Kevin Smith film was being put on by an Amdram society oh, rather so than actual actors, yeah. it all just seems very hammy, cheesy, and like almost as if there's a teleprompter just off screen and Jason Statham is reading from it. it just, I, I wouldn't uh, go that far. I like it. I really like the dialogue because if I want real life, uh, what are you doing today? I'm doing that, uh, <laughs> conversations. I just live my life. I yeah. go through my life hearing on uninspiring conversations on a daily basis. I like, na- I like the dialogue to sound natural. It's not and this natural, doesn't. and they don't ever have any natural conversations. No. It's just like constant one-liners and stuff. I think the person who comes closest to it is fucking Tyrone. Yeah, because he's a shit actor. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Um, but sometimes, I guess it's just in the tone of this film. I want escapism. Yeah. I want to go somewhere, and I want to be entertained. And the dialogue in this film, I find very entertaining. It it's nowhere near it natural. Me. It's nowhere near real life. Yeah. It's nowhere near anything that you would get if these things actually ever played out in real life. <laughs> but in that way, to me, it's entertaining because it. If I just want natural, I just go and live my life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, all Frankie Fourfingers cares about when it comes to buying a gun 
That's how it feels to draw one. <laughs> it's just like... I mean, it's no good having a gun right. that, that you know, doesn't doesn't look cool. Jesus. Yeah. I have a note here. Jason fucking Statham started looking started looking like he was in his 40s, in his 20s, and just hasn't is, bothered aging since. He looks... I know a lot of people do this, but I've really noticed it with him. <laughs> he looked older until after this film when he'd had his big break and he went to Hollywood. And now he just looks younger and younger every he time just, I see him. I, but here he looks older than I've ever seen him before. I saw him in, in The Meg. I watched that oh, fucking during the week, I think I watched that. Um, no, it was last weekend. And in that, he looks... He's just a bigger version of him in this film. Oh, okay. He's not got any less hair. Yeah. He's not got any more wrinkles. He's just... Bigger, he's Hedge. bulkier. He's, yeah. he's been working out more clearly, and it's just like, how the fuck are you doing that? Like he got to his mid twenties and he looked like he was in his mid forties, yeah. and now he's just, like in his fucking fifties just... or something, and yeah. he's just no, nah, no, nah, I can't bother to age anymore. <laughs> Weird. Um, you did a better impression of this line earlier when I tried to bring it out, but do you like dags? Do you like dags? That's the one. Dags. I can't get that Irish inflection into it. Um, <laughs> But I, <laughs> I haven't noted that she just says, Dags! <laughs> I, I used that line just to say, how many times did you hear that for the two years after oh, this film fuck. come out? Like two years? Jesus, certain people, teabag amongst them, um, just trotted that out anytime anything on four legs was mentioned. I'm putting a three-month ban <laughs> on talking about referring to or mentioning teabag. <laughs> Because this podcast is becoming a one-sided campaign tour of hatred. It's not. It's not hatred. It's just contempt. Okay. Um. Um, Have you ever brought? Is is an actual question for you. Have you ever brought something that broke before you got it home? So I wrote this question as I watched them. As I watched the caravan collapse as they were trying to get out of the uh, campsite. Um, I'm fairly certain I must have. Yeah. Because I'm fairly certain I've heard the stories. Yeah. But I can't think of any right now because I bought a lot of shit. I but... can't say I ever have. I've been quite lucky in that respect. No, it depends Depends what you're buying and where you're buying it from. Um, I bet every girl that ever saw this got a little gushy when Brad Pitt whips his top off. I can imagine. So I got a little bit gushy I when got he whips a little his bit top gushy, off. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's a good looking man now, but he was a very good looking man back then. But even even like with the long greasy hair and that scraggly yeah. beard oh, yeah. and He'd have to have clothes shave. and all but... that stuff, still... Just looks. It's just levels above everybody yeah. else in this film. And yeah. if, when it comes to to guys, that lithe musculature, yeah. that's that's yeah. my type. That's what you want. That's yeah. why you're just out of luck, mate. Soz. Damn. I don't like it. I don't like past it, guys. Damn. Um, <laughs> my notes. You skipped like way through so many of mine. Um, are there are some real stars of British nineties TV and film. Oh yeah. Here. I can't name names because I don't know them, but I recognise their face. Soul and Ty- uh, Soul yeah. and, and Vinny. Yeah. They've been in fucking British TV for forever. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you've got Frank Butcher. Frank Butcher. Um, who's like the complete antithesis in this of Frank Butcher. Of Frank Butcher, yeah. yeah. Um, you just look at it and you're like, I recognise you. And you're thinking back to sort of like the, the dramas and the, the oh, ITV yeah. crime dramas and shit from the 90s. You're like... Yeah, you were in something then. Oh, and so were you. I don't recognise her because she was in something. The and girl, it's just like... The girl behind the, the counter in the bookies with the skin and yeah. like the shaved head, she's like 
instantly recognisable. Don't know her name. Can't tell you what she's no. been in. But I'm like, I know There's you. so many people in yeah. this you recognise without knowing who they are. It's yeah. just like, he, he fucking went down to the fucking, um, the acting dole office yeah. and was like, right, British TV actors. Right, you lot. I just scooped them all up. Yeah. So right, you're in my film now. <laughs> Congratulations. You get to work with Brad Pitt. You get to work with Brad Pitt. You can put that on your fucking, put that on your IMDb. Yeah. Um, protection from what? The Germans? Yeah. I don't know why, but that, I nearly smacked my drink. I was drinking a tea at the time, and that the, nearly made me spit my drink I out. I like the first Z Germans reference, because it fits, but the other two times he... I know, I love the fact that he keeps he keeps reusing it just to wind up Tommy. Yeah, I know, but I don't... <laughs> the other two times, it's almost... It feels... This is where the dialogue falls apart for me. There, <laughs> it feels like he's just put it in to continue this theme. Yeah. At the beginning, it works in the context of the conversation. The other two times, I'm like... It's kind of like you, you saying that reminds me of kind of like you with your OnlyFans thing. It's like oh, yeah. the first time it fitted, and now I just feel like you're trying to shoehorn it into the narrative. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> it was chatterbait, not OnlyFans, but you know. I mean, same difference, really. It's the same, it's like, <laughs> the same thing, different name. Right, let's talk about one of the something that you will not be able to argue against me in this film as one of its defining things. Okay, the music. And how well it works in this film. Yeah, so no, the, the, the soundtrack is, is the really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, like the specials in Ghost Town fits perfectly. <laughs> um Golden Brown yeah. fits perfectly. Even some of the really kind of very nineties dance music bits in there. It fits with the theme. With the theme. Yeah. yeah. It's... And a lot of the like the, the random bits of soul music and stuff works with the characters that are on screen yeah. at the time. It does. All... Arguably, the, the the music for almost the leitmotifs that are applied to yeah. some people in the in the film does more to flesh out their character than anything do. else yeah. in yeah. it. You kind of that immediately kind of fills in a background for them because otherwise they are uh, all these characters are very two dimensional oh, empty yeah, shells, yeah, and the music does. kind of fills them out and gives them that bulk, gives them a, a bit yeah. bit of body, and you don't realise it's done it until you actually start paying attention to it and then realise, hang on a minute, why am I assuming that about this person? Yeah. Because the music gave me that impression yeah, of them, which absolutely. is very cleverly done. Um, what the fuck is up with Goldie's hair? <laughs> That's his fucking name. I could not remember it. Tampa, Tampa, now, now. Fuck, yeah, Vision's Goldie. Jesus, I fucking I don't Christ. have to worry. I was like, Last I know you. You're a shit yeah. musician. Who are you? And yeah, no, that's it. Drum and bass megastar, Goldie. But, and I like Goldie. I actually saw him. Where did I see him? I was getting my hair cut before I come here. And they have the... <laughs> what? Have, yeah, oh yeah. No, he was sitting in the, in the he channel. He was sitting next to you. No. Um, and you get his teeth polished. They play like terrible music channels all day long and all yeah. the seats, you have a TV in front of you. And they played this terrible Dizzy Rascal song called Holiday. And Goldie's in the video. And I was just like, <laughs> everywhere I turn is Goldie. Goldie. But his hair, like that very first scene when he comes in and he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to sell him something and it's yeah, fake. Yeah, the, the, the fake And he's got like the line for in the middle and then the lines across the side. It's yeah. like a checkerboard. But it's all, oh my God, what is that? What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> I quite like his character though. He's <laughs> not just in it bad much. boy Yardy. Yeah, he's not in it much. But, but when he is in it, he's like when he's just like, why the fuck has he got a tea cozy on his head? Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's just, he's, he's almost like the Tyrone, Vinny and Sol were kind of like the bumbling idiots and Goldie just kind of comes in and is just like, what the f- why are you doing that? Why are you, why doing, are you that? doing this? Oh my God, I can't deal with it. <laughs> but they, but they the, the Tyrone, Sol and Vinny kind of look down on him and they're like, you just 
Go be a gangster. You don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're, you're an idiot, but you're good at crime. Off your pop. But in every scene, he's just like, what are you doing? I love it when Bricktop comes in. He goes, do you know who I am? And he's like, I, I do. I do, yeah. <laughs> oh, sh- you can see his face full. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no. Like, I know. I mean, that's all very enlightening, but who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> I got one. I don't want that dog dribbling on my seats. Your seats, Tyrone. This is a stolen car, mate. While I'm at the wheel, it's my car to stop that dog dribbling on my seat. I'm going to follow that up with my other favourite bit from that scene. I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from? Oh, fat shaming. Remember when that was funny? still funny. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Let's just roll the clock back by a couple of months. And you were calling out fat shaming. Yeah, when people are fat shaming me. See, and, and he wonders, guys, why I call him out for virtue signalling. <laughs> no, you, we shouldn't be out here fat shaming, fat shaming people. But it was the noughties. It was a different time, guys. Different no, time. no, take it. Put it this way, right? We're not fat shaming an innocent person here. We're fat shaming someone that took a paycheck to play a role in the film where they make fun of his weight. If he didn't want them to make fun of his weight, he would not have taken the role. Oh, I see. Fair enough. He's complicit in his own shaming. Yeah, yeah, okay. You, have you been working out on your legs? All this backpedalling you're doing, it's like, you're getting ripped, mate. Um, you, you think I would have been better at that game last night, just making bullshit up on the yeah, spot? Yeah, you should have. We've I had plenty of practice. Yeah. Right, do you, everyone in this film is willing to just casually commit a massive criminal act oh, yeah. at the drop of a hat. Now... As we established earlier with the psychopath test and, you know, previous 66 episodes. Let's prove we're not brick top test, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm no saint. No. But surely they'd all live longer, happier lives if they weren't so keen to just go out and do heinous things to to other people. These these are the kind of people that were indoctrinated into the criminal lifestyle as children, have grown up in it, see nothing wrong with it. But they have their own morality and their yeah. own kind of... I think it's highlighted with, with Vinny and Tyrone. Yeah. When fucking matey comes in and is like, you know, I want you to go and knock over a bookies. Yeah. And he's like, and it's like yeah. they're there with their pawn shop and he's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And he's like, oh, well, I'll give you some money. All right, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And it's just like, what? 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 <laughs> to be fair, if somebody walked in here right now and said, I'll give you 50 grand to do A, B and C. It would depend on what it was. I'd give you 50 grand to go and knock over a bookies. I wouldn't do that. No? No. I can't take the risk. 50 grand is not enough for them downstairs to, to live in my absence without without my wages coming in. So if something went wrong, it yeah. would have to be enough that I could, if I succeeded it, I could retire. And if <coughs> I went down for it, they would still get the money and be able to carry on. It's a joy to being a parent, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm neither a parent or a partner, but I can do it for 50 grand because... I know who I am. And I know... Bumbling idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrone. Yeah. <laughs> I need enough money that that would make me overlook my bumbling idiocy. Um, can, I, can I just say, I hate the car that they that Tyrone steals. Oh, okay. Those Rovers. Fucking horrible cars. I just despise them on sight. Okay. Here we go. Let's talk about something you love. <laughs> Considering your... Dags! Love... <laughs> <laughs> Considering your love of fashion... 
Do you wish you could have a van with six changes of Oh my god. I have that note in here that I need a sartorially stocked van like Freddy Fourfingers. I love the fact that when he's on the phone to Thingy. Yeah, every every time every cutback is in a different outfit and I'm just like, oh my god, I need that. It it makes no sense. No. But it does look good. Um (laughs) Who took the jam out of your donut? I have that in here as well. I am stealing that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um you said about fashion. Hooded leather coats. The fuck were they all about? Yeah, I'm not into that. That. Was a, that was a late 90s, yeah. early noughties thing. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, I've got this leather coat. Actually, I have a fucking hood on it. I don't think it was real leather. It was faux leather. Really? Yeah. It was like a... I had it for years. It was like a, a faux leather jacket with mm. a hood on. It was like a basically a hoodie, yeah. but a faux leather hoodie. Uh, yeah, okay. I had it for ages. But, Quite liked it, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't ever go I and buy one I looked at them now. and I'm just like, I didn't like them then. I don't like them now. And looking around, now, now given you know, the 90s was 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 kind of our decade. Yeah. Um, this kind of showcases the worst sartorial side of the 90s. Yeah. Because I mean, there's loads of leather jackets in this. I I love a good leather jacket, yeah. as has been demonstrated numerous times before. And there are some really shit leather coats in this in oh, this film. Just, there's there's some really good fashion yeah. in this film. Bullet Tooth Tony stands out as yeah. a as a And there, there are some very well dressed people that are Yeah. Like, but then there are people wearing like Flashamax. Two characters <laughs> constant whole film Flashamax. And then you've got the travellers and they're just Travellers. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah. They, they don't really show us the nineties fashion that I remember. No. No. Probably because... Um, you Although, know, when so... I look back at the 90s now, I'm like, why the fuck did I grow my hair like that? Why the fuck did I dress like that? But then in 10 years, I'll probably look back and be like, why the fuck was I wearing that and doing that with my hair? And <laughs> as you grow old, if things that were once cool There's stop a... being cool, right? You say 10 years. It's it's weird because I posted uh, that picture up oh, on yeah. my Facebook and that came up in my Facebook memories and that was 11 years ago. Was it really? Yeah. And it's like I look at that and I'm like, I if skinny. I if I was still that size, yeah. I would still be wearing that sort. Of, I mean, I am basically wearing that yeah. shit now. I've just got different hair yeah. and all my clothes are in larger sizes. But yeah. it's like, and you're not I'm, wearing driving gloves. For I'm fun. not wearing driving gloves. No, I did go through a phase hanging for several your, years where I just wear driving your, gloves with your jeans around your knees. Yeah, yeah. As I recall, that was because you asked why I was wearing pink underwear, and I had to show that it was only the top of the underwear that was pink. As I explained last night, I have. Very, very vague memories. Of, yeah. Well, that was about a good party. A four year period. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. When you first suggested this film to me, one of the. Well, actually, when I first suggested this film. I was going to say, hang you, on a minute. I did not suggest this film. <laughs> when, I, when you asked me, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I saw this the other day on Sky, we'll do this. I also said, I get to stand over Brad Pitt. So here we go. When you consider some of his iconic roles, like Louis. Tyler Durden and now Mickey Brad Pitt is very versatile and believable he is yeah. he is a surprisingly good actor yeah and to it's someone, not fair really it's not fair because you look at someone like Brad Pitt and you think <clears throat> oh you know good looking all the women love him that's why he's where he is because yeah. everyone wants to see good looking people in films yeah but when you strip all that away the motherfucker can actually he can act, act. Yeah. and he is apparently a very nice guy as well oh I bet he is yeah. and it's just like fuck's sake man leave some for the rest of us well, yeah if you're not Jennifer Aniston I, I bet mean, he's a I'm lovely guy you're not married to him yeah. but, um, but everyone has their vices Reggie 
And he's just banging his coat. And he's just banging. I mean, to be fair, you know, one star was ascending, the other was descending. He had to get off that train. But let's get back to praising him. <laughs> he is really like if you look at like this was at the height of mm. Brad Pitt mania. So he's come off the back of like interview at the beginning of his career. He's built his way, built his way. He does Fight Club, which just everywhere. Nobody expected that. And then. He takes that Fight Club body, and it's like I can still use this this I cut body this. I, I I did for Fight Club. I'm going to go and be a traveller, and like that character of Mickey could not be further away from Tyler Durden or Louis no. or some of the other characters he's played, like the more kind of mainstream Mr. and Mrs. Smith characters. Yeah, he could have only done safe roles at this point. He could yeah. have been like, "I'll take all the safe roles. You're all going to pay me ten mil." Yeah, I'll be the handsome go... white boy in yeah. all of these films. And yeah, he decided, "No, I don't want to do that. I want to be a, I want to be a travelly, a travelly traveller, bare knuckle boxer." Yeah, I'm going to go and do this because this, this is a challenge. It'll be fun, and it's completely different from what I've done before. And for that, man gets props for me. Words. Um, Again, I've got more quotes. I don't care if it's Mohammed, I'm hard, Bruce Lee. You can't change fires. <laughs> it's just like the old white man. He doesn't really know what he's trying to say. No. But he's just going to say it with gonna, pure authority. Yeah, anyway. He's just going to say it as if he has. that's his God-given right. Oh, another <laughs> one from this scene. And I think I have used this before when, when drunk. And God. it probably got me in trouble. Put a lead on her Turkish before she gets bitten. You don't want to get bitten now, do you, sweetheart? You probably got me in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine you using that. Yeah. Also, um, I love the woman behind the counter in the book. Is It's like, uh, Sol pulls that fucking <laughs> anti-aircraft gun on her. <laughs> and she's just like, non plus, no face. She's just like, all bets are off. And it's like, get me that. All bets are off. And he's like, just like I'm not buying it. Who owns this book yeah. I'm not buying that. Well, it's a good thing I'm not fucking selling it, isn't it? <laughs> she reaches forward, does the thing, puts the thing up. Yeah, I, I thought she was really, really good. <laughs> uh, all the issues in this film basically come from the fact that everyone blames their problems on somebody else. Oh, yeah. Nobody is willing to take responsibility for their issues. They all push it off onto other people. They all score three on the psychopath test. They all yeah. scored, yeah. They, they are all way over the top on the psychopath test. And that's how comes everyone has such a bad time and so many people end up dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they just said, if Bricktop was just like, oh, right, fair enough, yeah. Or if, like, fucking... Um, yeah, there's so many occasions in this film where someone just... You know, not making their problem somebody else's problem would have caused the whole thing to diffuse. Yeah. But then that wouldn't be an interesting film but to watch. You don't, you don't command respect if you let people get away with things. You also don't end up dead <laughs> because everyone that commands respect in this film basically ends up dead. But to take a bar from a Plan B song in my world, respect's the only thing that matters. <laughs> and you're not with respect comes power and money. And in that, maybe not to us in our everyday living or to many of the listeners in their everyday living, mm. but in that world, it's all about respect. And if someone disrespects you, then they have to pay the price. <coughs> so, fucking hell. It's a kind of... What's that saying that I really want to use but I can't think of right now? Um, First you one, get the money, yeah, then no. you get the power. Then you get the bitches. Ever perpetuating cycle of just yeah. 
like you'll never get that like, you have to break that cycle but you're not going to break the cycle because <laughs> if you break the cycle then you become a pussy and you become the target so it's just continually going around until everyone anyone is just uh, just joining us yeah. uh, we are here with reggie solo author of the recently released book Crime. as long as i don't look like a pussy pussy dismantling the london underworld <laughs> Foremost, foremost proponent of the. Uh... Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I've got such an aversion to look, of looking like a pussy. Because I'm desperately trying to get at least one person to respect me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Thirty-nine years in, I've not managed it. Um, so Boris, Boris the Blade, <laughs> just casually carries ten grand around in his pocket all the time. And the meat cleaver. Yeah, the meat cleaver and the gun, I get because he's. He's probably quite targeted. He needs to be able to protect himself. But do you always just carry 10 grand around in your pocket Apparently to so. pay people off? I don't know. Um, um, do you think him and Bert from Perfection were separated at birth? I don't know who Bert from Perfection is. From Tremors. Oh, yeah. You look at yeah. the two of them, it's like, God damn, you two brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bert wouldn't appreciate that. What with uh, Boris being a, a, a Rusky. Yeah. A Rusky communist. Uzbekistanian. Yeah, Uzbekistanian. Um, would you ever hide a safe behind a painting? Because to me, it's a bit cliched. And the first oh, place definitely. I absolutely would. And there would be fuck all of any value in there. Yeah. I'd keep like a Toblerone yeah. in there or something. I'd have two safes. I'd have the one behind the painting, just because you've got to have one. And then the I'd other have one. the scuff marks on the wall as well yeah. from where the, the painting moves. And then the other one where I actually keep stuff. Where you actually yeah. keep the things, yeah. Actually, that reminds me. There's... There's, there's a plot hole in this that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. After the, the fight goes tits up um, and Turkish goes back and he's making a cup of tea and that, and uh, Thingy says, oh, you know, you came here to, to empty the safe. Yeah. Turkish says before before Bricktop arrives in his, um, his like, fucking monologue, his voiceover, that, that he's come back for the safe, but all the money is locked up in the safe at the caravan. Ah. And then Bricktop obviously empties out the safe there. Yeah. And then later on, where after they lose the bet about the caravan, he goes back. He goes back to. to Brick, uh, yeah, I can't do it because you nicked all our savings. And I was thinking, well, no, because all your money sat in the fucking there. Apparently, it, it doesn't make sense because have, they've got no money. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I must have missed that line where he said it's all the caravan. Yeah, I was. I was confused by that. Um. Here's something that's not confusing. <laughs> I'm not a fucking witch doctor. But you are a bad boy yardie. And bad boy yardies are meant to know how to get rid of bodies. <laughs> um, I, it looks like I've just got lots of quotes here. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got a very, very long quote. So oh, God. please bear with me. <clears throat> You're always going to have problems lifting a body in one piece. Apparently, the best thing to do is cut up a corpse into six pieces and pile them all together. And when you've got your six pieces, you've got to get rid of them. Because it's no good leaving it in a deep freeze for your mum to find, is it? Then I hear the best thing to do is feed them to pigs. you got to starve the pigs for a few days. And then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a pisshead. you got to shave the heads of your victims and pull their teeth out for the sake of the piggy's digestion. You could do this afterwards, of course. But you don't want to go sieving through pig shit now, do you? They will go through bone like butter. You need at least 16 pigs to finish the job in one sitting. So be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm. They will go through a body that weighs 200 pounds in about eight minutes. That means a single pig can consume about two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. 
<laughs> fucking love that bit. <laughs> fucking love that bit. I love it because, like, at the time, so it's just the drama and the over-the-topness of criminality. It's like he needs to buy it. He needs to kind of intimidate them so they don't just shank him straight away. Yeah. But he also needs to buy enough time that later on in the scene he can do the big reveal where yeah. they've plasticed up the room and they've got Tyrone in the thing. And what does he do? He basically just explains what he's going to do to him. Yeah. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, we'll skip that one about predicted Tony. Um, that depends on all the elements in the equation. How many are there? It's just a good line that I really like. Uh, without subtitles, yes. which... <laughs> Which I've realised Netflix now puts on by default for anything I, on, on my profile. Oh, really? Everything just has the subtitles loaded up by default, which oh, is okay. quite handy. Um, without the subtitles, I wouldn't have got any of Mickey's dialogue. Would you not? No. It's, I'm quite good with accents. Yeah. Um, and usually if we're somewhere in some sort of accent, I have to translate for Amy. Yeah. Um, but Mickey's, I mean, obviously it was designed oh, yeah, purposely obviously. to be unintelligible. But yeah. I would have missed most of his periwinkle blue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, though, they instructed the rest of the cast to speak extra clearly to really Probably, accentuate yeah. the fact that Mickey's is... It's not, it's not just Mickey, is it? It's all of them. Like, all, even, yeah. when, even when Jason Fleming is talking, you can, he's hard yeah. to understand as Although well. Mickey's mum doesn't. No. She's nice and easy to understand. Yeah, because you, you need to feel for her. Yeah, that's true. Because there's a very pivotal moment in the film. I forgot all about that. Me too. That That's... I was just like, it's the ah, unexpected ah, emotional this, gut punch. Yeah, this film's really good. Oh shit, shit just oh, got dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, As we know on this podcast, we don't pick on mums. So <laughs> when Bricktop went and picked on a mum, I was just like, that is not kosher, fam. Uh, Bricktop yes. likes the sound of his own voice even more than I do. Yeah. Because he just. I'm fucking... not sure. I'm not sure I'm wanting you, but yeah. He not. just fucking takes any opportunity to fucking proclaim and yeah. proselytise. Do you think he, he would be a streamer? You reckon? I think so, yeah. Yeah, probably. Today I'm streaming about the 10 best ways to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> Today um, I'm streaming about why my eyes look wonky in these fucking glasses. <laughs> you can call me Susan if you want. Susan, get the blower. <laughs> um, quick one I forgot Spud was in this film it was nice to see him oh yeah it is yeah. that's where I recognised him from it's like I was just watching it when I saw Spud I was like oh my god first I've done the Pulp Fiction thing now he's got someone from Train Spot him it's like all the big films from the 90s funneled through the Guy Ritchie <laughs> kind of funnel and they're all here now there's this um, Bricktop's Boys should be renamed the United Gammon League because <laughs> they all look like what I imagine ninety percent of gammons look like. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. One of the guys, uh, what is his name? Not Errol, the other one, John. I can't remember. I can't remember. The one, the only one of basic, the one that uh, actually talks. Yeah, the one Turkish stuff, has yeah. to banter with. Um, he really reminds me of a guy who I. I don't know if he's still part of Iconic Legion, but he used to be. And he really, really looks like a younger version of oh, him. Oh, really? And when I saw it, I was like, oh, he was never an actor. And then he starts talking and he sounds nothing like him. Yeah. But I was like, it threw, it threw me every time he came on screen because I was like, he looks like my mate. And I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> um, having a dog that doesn't react well to loud noises, mm? I feel so sorry 
with a dog in this film when they shoot inside the when car. When they shoot and blow the yeah. fucking windows out. What is it when he says that when they go into the, the, the pub and they're trying to hold him up? It's the fact that you've got replica stamped yeah. down the side of your gun. And I've got, and dev, I've got dev, Desert, Desert Eagle, Eagle 0.50. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I do like that scene, actually. That is really good. Uh, I just, there's that there's a bit of the scene where they all walk in like, Fucking and I put a gun to him and he just inspects his drink kind of turns his back on him sits down calmly and just looks up <laughs> and they're like I'm fucking gonna murder you and he's just like you ain't murdering no one um, um, I've got a new tagline for the podcast oh god that I've stolen from this film you should never underestimate the predictability of stupidity this is true touch jig touch jig <laughs> Touching. Never underestimate the predictability of stupidity. Yeah, no, that that fits in yeah. quite nicely. Um, do you remember those page three playing cards? Yes. I remember I had some. Who was it? Somebody brought me some back. I got some in Germany from when a I was at from school, a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. School, yeah. And it, yeah, they were the just the shitty sort of literally not even good looking photocopies yeah. of of page three. page three. Like with the fucking the numbers and what have you on them, and I was just like, "Oh well, thanks. I'm never gonna use these." No. <laughs> I mean, I don't play cards anyway, so it's not even the sort of thing you can play. You sit there and play fucking solitaire with when you're on holiday. No, I said I ain't seen a pack in twenty years, but no. When I saw him in the film, I was like, "Oh, that that brings me back to so many points but, in my childhood yeah. where people thought they were edgy, or yeah. somebody thought it was funny. It or, was grown up, yeah. or it was yeah, Keen Hill." When they get back to the uh, the pawn shop and it's just completely trashed, the dog looks so innocent. He's just sitting there like, Hi. and it's just carnage <laughs> around him. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've got a dog that does things like that. Yeah, I used to have one of them. Um, what is it? Whatever happened to Vinnie Jones? Because he was like everywhere for a few years. Oh, I don't know. I saw him. He, he was in. He was in the Flash TV show. Really? I saw him recently. He was in another film called Method in the Madness. Um, which was Jason Mew's film he, he directed and he Vinnie Jones plays basically Vinnie Jones at the beginning because they're, they're friends and they're hanging out and he's <laughs> playing like an, a gangster not I watched that film and I kind of enjoyed it because I was predisposed to enjoy it before but I'll never watch it again so, <laughs> um, I completely forgot fucking in the bushes is using this film and a I lot. fucking love it yeah, I completely forgot, and then I hear that dun, 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 the drum beat, and uh, we put this vest, and I was like, oh, yeah. and then it just keeps going and it going, does. and it cuts out, and it comes back in, and I'm just like, oh my it, god, it gets used a lot for yeah. that that final yeah. fight scene. It, it seems to go on forever. It's a pretty good cut of the. It is the song, really to be good. Edit. Um, um, I've only got one more note, so I'm just going to say it now. Okay. Good boy, Daisy. Good boy. Good boy, Daisy. Yeah, <laughs> he loves that dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, my favourite sequence in this film yes. is the, the cars bit, where they're all driving. You've got all three. You've got Vinny and Sol and Tyrone in one car. Yeah. You've got Tommy and Turkish oh, in the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got Bullet Tooth and Cousin Avi and Rosebud in the yeah. other. And they're all... It's it's that sort of like... Cutting yeah. from scene to scene. No shots outside. It's all just shots through the front windscreen. And they all inter- end up interacting with yeah. each other without realising. Yeah, naked and, Boris. Yeah, well, one of them. Well, someone throws the milk, right? Yeah, and then that hits that hits Bricktop's car. Bricktop's so car. they crash, which allows Boris to get out. 
Boris gets out and just does that weird kind of chicken walk in the middle yeah. of the road. Then he gets hit by, by Vinny and uh, Vinny Sol. and Sol. So who threw the milk? Uh, Tommy threw the milk because he yeah. took it off a of Turkish. So yeah. I'll do you a favour. Oh, that's right. Because he's talking about he's talking about how it's, our stomachs haven't yeah. evolved to handle dairy products. Yeah, I do like it. It's like kind of that because this is it's very. I've said it earlier, but it's very pop fiction and it's multiple narratives all yeah, going in all, all kind of weaving, weaving it in and out yeah, of each other that's and that's the one time until no that is it is possibly the one time in the film that all three stories kind of pass. all kind of yeah they're all the, the main be, play, antagonists pass one another without realising because they're all in cars they don't realise they're doing it yeah they're just yeah so it's really it's my favourite sequence yeah. in the film um, we said about Bullet tooth in the in the pub. Yeah. After he shoots Stingy through the wall and just keeps shooting fucking yeah. Boris. Yeah. And then he's really pissed off and looks at him and fuck you and all. You lucky, lucky bastard as he walks off. <laughs> Tyrone's just saying I do love Boris. It's just like you can't kill him. <laughs> he shoots him about six times and then he just he, he says something, he shoots him again, says something, shoots him again. And then at one point he's like Really aims. You yeah, can see him really aim. Yeah. <laughs> and he still comes back to life. Fucking right. Um, that wake looks like some oh, of our, yeah, uh, some our house from back in yeah. the day. I'm looking at that and I was like, no, yeah, 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 no, that's that's that is basically my memories of some of the house that's, parties we went to. That reminded me of like an up the bracket era house party. Yeah. yeah. God, they were messy. Oh, yeah. Fucking oh, grim. Couldn't handle them now. Well, that's basically what I did on your birthday. <laughs> which is why I spent 48 hours out of the game afterwards yeah. uh, my last note uh, now I remember seeing this film when it came out Yeah. and back then even after its uh, predecessor uh, Lockstock it was a it was a very slick film mm. I remember thinking that at the time it was very slick it was very stylistic um, and the style that Guy Ritchie relies on for his films at the time was still very fresh and it yeah. was new and it was exciting these days, he's used it often enough, and other people have co-opted it. That yeah, it, oh yeah. it seems, I don't know, it's lost a lot of its shine for me because it's like I now see that it was style over substance for me. It looked good, and it was oh wow, yeah, it's very exciting. It's a very, um, it's the word I'm looking for. It's it's very impactful. It's it's, sur- it's, it's a surface level. It's very yeah. simple surface level entertainment yeah and it was entertaining because of the style but now that that style has been it's it's worn out basically i've yeah i didn't i think you could still do it i think it could be done again and look fresh i just think you would have to attack it from a different angle so if you had not have gangsters yeah would be a good start so if you had i don't know goths townies and a period piece shot like this. Oh, period like a period A 16th century period piece shot by Guy Ritchie in this style. Yeah, or just one... That more, would be interesting. One, or just like an Irving Welsh novel brought to life. Mm. Or just something with more relatable characters like you and me. Yeah. Kind of, you can be done, just cut gangsters and crime out of it. Yeah. And then go and do the same kind of thing about something else. It would be really good. Yeah. Well, I might... Oh. <laughs> I might do a D&D. God. Anyway. Anyway. Have you got a score? I have, and I know you're not going to like it. No, I think we're going to have very... uh, But I'm I'm going for it anyway. It's getting a five from me. Five? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just just wasn't impressed with it. 
it was watchable, but I would probably never watch this film again. Oh my god. Five. Yeah, I know. I know oh. I'm a monster. I'm giving it an eight point five. Fuck me. <laughs> I wasn't looking like don't get me wrong, I'm not I didn't sit down to watch this film to be moved or to get into any kind of deep to feel or anything. I just wanted surface level entertainment and for surface level entertainment I thought it was really good. That gives it 13.5. It's saved by your overly generous score there. I think it's good. <laughs> I mean, if you were, I could watch, I could watch this film on repeat in a way that I could never watch a Pirates of the Caribbean film if we weren't covering it <laughs> on this. God's, that, God's willing, I'll never have to watch this film again. God's willing, I will watch one more <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean film and that will be it in my entire life. <laughs> That's why this podcast works. Because you like shit films and I don't. Touche, motherfucker. You like, you like, oh, there's nothing to this film. Let's go and watch Jack Sparrow do fuck all for 45 minutes. <laughs> not move the plot along. Not move the narrative along. But just be fey and just kind of hang out. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Because that's good entertainment. <laughs> Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Fucking eight gangsters.